parallel of a book. Two great competitors! A paradox of style. You will go down. Now, one epic battle will define each other's destiny. One hour! No time out! Shawn Michaels, Brent the Hitman Hart. The Iron Man match. This championship belt is going nowhere. WrestleMania. Welcome to the Pull Apart Podcast. This is Josh Heiser here with... <sighs> what is a mustache? This a little bit of hair above the upper lip. I don't have one. But if I did have one, I'd probably have the best one. It'd be better better than all you listeners out This is James Prophet. <laughs> we are doing a new feud. Uh, we are doing... Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart. Um, oh yeah, our two favorite wrestlers. So yeah, Josh's Josh's favorite, the uh, charlatan, the Jezebel Shawn Michaels, and my favorite, the virtuous and noble Bret the Hitman Hart. <laughs> and because it's WrestleMania season, we're gonna skip 1992. We're gonna skip 1993, the Intercontinental Feud, and then the Family Feud deal, and go straight to 1996. The build to the Iron Man match, and even going backward, this episode is going to kind of cover the boyhood dream journey, right, Josh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think we're actually, yeah, we're starting in October of 1995. Um, so Sean, well, do you want to do any? Um, sorry, any any like overarching stuff before we get? I was going to start talking about in your house, but. Um, yeah, before we do, I'd love to hear about, like, at what point, because on the show many times you've talked about how Sean's your favorite wrestler. I know this, of course, just from being your homie. I know that Sean was your wife's favorite wrestler. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, he still is probably, like, neck and neck like me with uh, with Kenny, but I would think that she would still say Sean. Okay. But, yeah, for sure. So at what point, like, what was the moment where Shawn Michaels was your guy? Um, I think, I think like WrestleMania 10 was probably it. I, uh, I actually was a big, uh, Razor Ramon fan. Rest in peace. Uh, so <laughs> first, first recording, uh, after his passing, um, and so going into Mania, I was ex- I was just excited for that match because I liked both of them a lot. Um, but if I'm being honest, I think I probably was rooting slightly more for Razor. Okay. And he basically just sold me during the match. You know, it's just um, you know the classic ladder match, and I was kind of like, uh, yeah, he's my new favorite. Um, and I liked his, which is also why I liked Razor. You know, it's like heel heel ish. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't like full on heel. I mean, he definitely had uh, seasons of that, but 
mostly just kind of like a jerk you know what i mean not like full on like being doing heel stuff all the time um so i always just thought that was fun uh and you know razor did that for a, a while obviously the bad guy it's like what, <laughs> what we've been hearing the last couple of weeks is like just like he made the cool heel like a thing um and i feel like sean kind of helped with that as well and then obviously austin and everything after that but but yeah, yeah. so 1994 and then uh you know i love rumbles so the 90 95 rumble definitely helped um and then 96 rumble it was it was just kind of game over i was so ready for wrestlemania uh in that year and so the nice yeah the 96 rumble is what we're covering here obviously the build to it was so well done and the funny thing is i don't think based on advertisements in the magazine at the time without this syracuse incident which we're going to talk about i don't think it would have happened like it seemed like the long-term direction was diesel kind of becoming the shades of gray character and then getting the belt back when um you know, after Diesel lost the belt in the magazine, the advertisement for the Rumble was just a picture of Diesel giving somebody the big boot. And uh, the prediction for the Rumble, the only guy that um, this like writer in the WF magazine wrote about was Diesel. He's like, bet the house, bet the farm, bet everything you have. This is the revenge of Big Daddy Cool. And the magazine was always like the precursor to how things were going to go generally. So it seemed like, okay, Diesel is going to be the guy. They're going to run Diesel Brett at WrestleMania. That's going to be the rematch. And something changed around December, I think, when um, the Sean thing just caught on so well that, I mean, Diesel Brett is one of my favorite matches from that Survivor Series. But honestly, what would you rather see, Brett Diesel rematch or Sean Brett in an Iron Man match? Yeah, it was, it was I, when we were watching some of that early, you know, stuff with him um, getting having to give up the title and everything. It was, it seemed like the crowd was, I don't know, like, I mean, they, they sold it, right? I mean, like, it, it obviously was true, so and that helped, but I just mean, like, so, so what happened was he got jumped. I'm sure you know more details than me, but um at some bar in in Syracuse that essentially was legit hurt and had to give up what was what he had was the intercontinental title at the time and yeah, uh, so this was the if you go back to the time Shawn Michaels was intercontinental champion and got suspended and didn't have to drop the belt and then he was tag champions with Diesel and uh they broke up as a team so he didn't have to drop the belt again and now it's his third reign as Intercontinental Champion, and he supposedly gets jumped by nine quote-unquote thugs, is what they keep on calling them, in Syracuse, New York. So he says, oh, I can't drop the belt here. Looks like, oh, so sad. I'm just going to have to forfeit it. It's convenient that every time he has to lose a belt, he gets hurt. What, yeah. what an odd coincidence. I'm just <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah, so real life, he gets jumped at a club. He um, was apparently looking at some girls, and the girls had boyfriends, and they all jumped in. <laughs> and so, I'm yeah, sure he was really nice and, you know, a gentleman and all of those things. He probably didn't ask for it at all, I'm, 
I'm guessing. <laughs> I bet he like held a door and they were like, what? Beat him up. <laughs> but yeah, so what happens here in your house, instead of defending the title against Shane Douglas's WWF character, Dean Douglas, um, he just, Sean, it's announced at the beginning of the show, he has to forfeit the belt publicly. Sean walks out looking really sad. There are yeah. people like, dressed in Shawn Michaels merchandise, like head to toe. They're crying. And he just sort of like solemnly hands over the belt to Grill Monsoon. He looks like he hasn't slept in two days here. Yeah. And um, Dean Douglas grabs the belt and laughs and goes, that was easy. <laughs> yeah. W- one uh, iconic Intercontinental Champion to the next, you know. Uh, <laughs> That's right. We'll cover one of his feuds another time, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he definitely, my note literally says Sean looks so sad. I mean, it just looks, you know, heartbroken, no pun intended. So I, I'm sure, you know, like we said, some of that is legit. Like he loved being the Intercontinental Champion. And again, like you said, I don't know if he even had it in his head that he could be main eventing Mania the next year. He probably thought he had another year to go or something. I, I don't know. I mean, he did win. Uh, you know, the Rumble in 95. So I guess it wasn't completely out of the realm of possibility, but he really dug <laughs> that intercontinental t- like reign, you know, and so I think yeah. that was a big part of why he was just, you know, so sad. So um, he was kind of on track to have an all time reign. Like, you know, you think of honestly, ironically, you think of Bret Hart with like the classic IC reign where he has. This, you know, like, great match with Perfect, great match with Piper, great match with Bulldog. And Sean had had this great match with Jeff Jarrett, great ladder match with Razor Ramon at SummerSlam. And it just looks like he's sort of lining up his match of the years with that belt, too. Right. And then he has to give it up. So, yeah, he looks super sad. And this, by the way, we're going to get a lot. We are going to get a lot of Shawn Michaels being sad in the next few months. So (laughs) this is instance number one. Lots of tears. Um, yeah, speaking of which, the next, um, thing that we had to go over was he has an interview, um, on Raw with Jim Ross, a young, uh, you know, eager to, you know, be on camera, Jim Ross, just kind of interesting. He looks, I don't know, super young, but, um, interview Sean about having to give up the title and he, he says he can sit at home and cry or he can come out and be a man um and he's all cried out so again with the (laughs) the tears and all that like even when he's he's not crying it's still kind of a a background um to everything going on i have more tests coming up wednesday that i hope to pass flying colors i have to check out the brain which (laughs) i can tell him right now has never been that great but hopefully it'll be up to par and uh, i'll be back to go within a week, I hope. And one thing's for sure, the heartbreak hit has always been the pain of the derriere of the World Wrestling Federation. I've got two choices, to sit home and cry, or to come out and be a pain. And I got news for you, folks. I'm all cried out. So he's essentially saying, you know, he's over, you know, all the bad stuff that happened to him, and he's ready to kind of get back out there and um, go at it. So I... I thought this was interesting because he, this is, as far as I'm aware, Mitch is the first time he mentioned that he's had this dream since he was 12 years old, Um, which that made me kind of think, you know, like, is this starting uh, behind the scenes heading towards 
some sort of mania. I mean, I think you're right. Do you remember? Do you remember? I was gonna I, say, do you remember anything before then? Because I mean, I know it's true. Like he was like a kid and wanted to be, you know, all that. But as far as like on on screen storyline, I don't remember that being a thing. It never was. Yeah, this is where that started. This was the first instance of him mentioning that since he was a little kid, he's dreamt of being WWF champion. And it's funny because, like, you know, when he says he's all he's all cried out, he looks very sad. They flash, you know, they go to Vince McMahon and Jerry Lawler after this promo and Jerry Lawler's wiping fake tears from his eyes. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) That made me laugh. Yeah. And so. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. The other thing I just want to say, he like got in a little pot shot at Shane Douglas where he said he had to give up the belt to someone he thought was, and this is a quote, extremely undeserving and incredibly overrated. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was, uh, what was I going to say? Um, I lost it. I don't remember what I was going to say. Sorry. It's okay. So, yeah, that's the next instance. That sit-down interview with Jim Ross. And then from there, it's Survivor Series. You know, they have the, um, what's it called? The wild card match, where it's good guys and bad guys mixed up on both teams. This was during the reign of Gorilla Monsoon being the most fan-friendly president in the history of the WWF. That's what they'd always call him. He made the ladder match between Razor and Sean because he said fans want that more than Sean versus Sid. He did all this other kind of cool stuff, and then he made this random Survivor Series match with good guys and bad guys mixed. And um, in the match, like they made it a point, Sean won in a team with uh, Ahmed Johnson and the British Bulldog. All three of them survived, but. Sean really took a beating. Like Sid powerbombed Sean. Uh, Yokozuna gave him a leg drop, and something else happened too. I think maybe uh, Razor Ramon gave him the Razor's Edge at one point. Yeah, and so they kind of show these clips of Sean just like getting the crap beaten out of him. But say he's here tonight, and uh, he's going to go one on one with Owen Hart, who was one of his opponents the night before. Also, cool symmetry, by the way. That Raw episode with the Jim Ross interview, Owen Hart won a Battle Royal that episode. Oh, nice. Yeah. For, so it's cool. just for any, like, was it, what was it for? I don't remember. The winner got a shot at the Intercontinental title. And oh, okay. there was this unsaid but <laughs> present, like, reoccurring story with Owen Hart and the Intercontinental title where he would, and it would always be against Razor Ramon, he would essentially have the belt won. And then somebody he was feuding with would like screw him out of it. Hmm. So it was this cool thing where um, they would tease that Owen had Razor Ramon's number, but that at the end of the day, he couldn't quite close the deal because of him being such a jerk and people wanting to pay him back. <sighs> so another heart complaining that somebody screwed them. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, he wouldn't complain about it, but it definitely <laughs> happened, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so that, uh, I, so I was telling you, James, that that match, just a seemingly random Raw uh, with Owen and Sean, that match was like just unreal. I I was I was kind of blown away. I, I remember it, but not you know, it's been a long time since I've watched it. 
I texted my brother was like, hey, if you're ever in the mood for old wrestling and don't want to just watch, you know, the same 10 matches that we grew up on, like, find this one. It's amazing. And it's just got all of their stuff, you know, like, I love it when back then, like, guys had, like, sets of stuff and they got, like, everything in. The elbow drop, I feel like in this match, is like, one of Sean's best elbow drops ever. Um, you know, Owen's insecurity that he always does and all that. It's just uh, really freaking good. Um, I will say... Go ahead. Okay, I have a question. I actually had a note to ask you this. Who has the better elbow drop? Sean or Randy Savage? You uh, also throw Bailey and Perry Saturn if you want to, but I figure they'll be three and four on the list. Well, I actually really love Brett's uh, elbow drop a lot. Uh, Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, I love Sean's. I will say, like... I feel like Savage's is more consistent because there's a few times where Sean like overdoes it or underdoes it. It looks really bad. Um, but I feel like when he nails it, I feel like it's, it's my favorite. It just, when he nails it, it looks brutal. Like <laughs> It looks like it hurts the other guy and him like really, you know, a lot. So yeah. I mean, it's my, my favorite, but I'm, I'm biased. What about you? So, there are reasons I love each one. I think in like the late 80s, Randy Savages, I probably prefer just a little. But from like 90 on, 92 on, definitely Shawn Michaels. Shawn just looks so graceful flying through the air. And the kind of yeah. spike at the end where he doesn't lift the elbow until the very end of it. You know, like he'll keep his yeah. arm down. That's really cool. The other thing I'll say... My favorite elbow ever from those two combined is a Shawn Michaels one from SummerSlam 92, where there's the famous moment at WrestleMania 14 where he's got the injured back and he does the flying elbow and he just looks like he just got hit in the lower back with like a sledgehammer or something like that. He's in so much pain. And then at SummerSlam 92, when he goes up, this is his first, sorry, SummerSlam 2002, it's his first match back. It's sort of like, okay, don't do this. You have the injured back. Why are you doing this? And he does it. And then he gets up. And that's sort of like the, oh my gosh, he's kind of back. Like, like that's real back. Not like, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot in this feud that looks like, I mean, he's known for his selling, so it's really hard to tell, but. You know, the Iron Man match is just full of <laughs> back stuff. You know, it's like, yeah, everybody focused on it, on him all the time to where it's like, hey, now his back is really jacked up. <laughs> like, you know, but that was like really ironic that the lower back injury is what put him out for four and a half years. Yeah. And the Iron Man match, that was Brett's strategy. <laughs> yeah, there, there's some like brutal stuff in that Iron Man match that he does. But um this Owen match, by the way, at some point, Vince says Sean is, quote, almost a magician. I don't know why, but that cracked me up. <laughs> yeah, Sean I, I, has the best body slam in wrestling, right? It looks so good. Yeah, I love it. Um, I mean, him and him and Hulk Hogan, you know. <laughs> brother. <laughs> um, it's funny, I had a note about King's commentary, but I don't remember anything other than the fact that it was disgusting. <laughs> Probably don't need to go into it, but there's a lot of like Lawler Vince weirdness in the, uh, you know, in this feud, cause it's just them all the time. But Vince, like I noticed, especially in this feud, really like telling the story that he wants to tell, which is 
I, I couldn't decide if it's amazing or annoying. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, let the wrestlers tell the story. You know what I mean? It's uh, He definitely, like, gets, you know, his, uh, what he wants to say in there as far as, like, don't you think that, you know, just whatever it is, like, Sean's boyhood dream stuff or whatever, like, he really lays it on. And you can tell, like, when he's interviewing oh, Sean, yeah. like, if Sean forgets something, like, he'll... Like, don't you think that this, you know, like, here's your lines, don't forget. Um, Here in the World Rusting Federation, we cheer wildly as these superstars risk their bodies time after time, constantly taking one step closer to the edge in an effort to thrill the crowd. Well, Shawn Michaels has been living on the edge and thrilling the crowds for quite some time. Shawn Michaels wowed us into believing that he could do just about anything because we've seen him do it. But now we find ourselves in the uncomfortable position of hoping he'll just be all right. All the while, knowing we helped push him over the edge and our unquenchable thirst for excitement. However, like anyone who totally loves what they do, Shawn Michaels can't wait to get back into the ring. And believe me, he's even more anxious to get back than we are to see him back. But unfortunately, now there's a question as to when, or even if, Shawn Michaels should return at all. But it's also really cool because it's like, you know, the auteur, almost like the auteur thing, like, He's directing everything and wants to make sure that the story he wants to tell is being told. So I mm-hmm. kind of went back and forth on it. But either way, Lawler is terrible and could oh, never man. be on them. <laughs> Actually, so it's funny because I really love Jerry Lawler pre-Attitude Era. Yeah. Like, I, and even in the Attitude Era, as long as there aren't women on the screen that he's just like oogling and being completely disrespectful, you know, in the way he yeah. talks about them. I think he's really funny. Like, I love the wiping fake tears thing when Sean was like, I'm all cried out. I, uh, later on, he, every, anytime Bret Hart's on screen, how he'll go out of his way to mention how much he hates Bret Hart. I think yeah. that's also fun. Yeah, it's weird. He, he doesn't seem to have like a, a good, um, side to choose in this one because they're both kind of, you know, baby faces a little bit. Um, I think it was the, yeah, it was it was the night after spoiler he wins. <laughs> um in that interview, he's he's talking like so much that it's like it bleeds over like during Sean's actual like interview. And uh and he definitely is like anti Sean at, at that point. And I think oh, they yeah. were building some weird thing to happen the next I don't know. But um but that was something I wanted to ask you just big picture for this interview or for this feud is like is it weird that there's no heel or is it like genius because <laughs> i think it's genius because the way they do it is it's a competitor it, like it's a competitive match between the two best athletes maybe in the history of the wwf yeah so I like the idea that it's just like, okay, who is, and again, Bret Hart's whole thing, best there is, was ever will be. This whole match is like, who's the best? Who's the best? Because 
obviously it's one of these two, which works from a storyline perspective because it works from a non-kayfabe perspective. If you say who are the two best wrestlers in 1995-1996, even with like Malenko and Guerrero and ECW, you'd go like, oh, that's easy. It's Brent and Sean. No question. Right. Promo, matches, whole package. Brent and Sean, hands down. Um, Sorry, we, we kind of got to track this Owen match. Yeah. We're talking about yeah, this is where the enziguri takes place. The head kick to the back of Sean's head and... Sean recovers, wrestles another minute, and then he, in the middle of posing, he stops, grabs the back of his head, drops to a knee, and collapses. Now, I remember so well watching this live and thinking, like, is this supposed to happen? Because, like, the commentary just goes dead. Right. Like, you hear um, Vince, like, McMahon on commentary like off mic he doesn't say it on mic he like takes his headset off and you just barely hear him say fade to black and you hear the headset being put down and then you see him get in the ring and then they do fade to black and they come yeah. back and it's just sean with like a breathing apparatus on him there's still no commentary and lawler's not talking uh, you hear pat patterson going sean can you hear me it's pat me and my sister and like i was recording this like so i i would record Monday Night Raw sometimes, or definitely at least the parts I thought would be cool, right? It's generally what I would do. So I was recording this, and I showed it to my sister, who would, like, watch the stuff I thought was really great with me, and she used to be a fan. And we were trying, like, playing it back, like, okay, is this real or not? And she kind of said, like, you can tell it's fake because he dropped to his knees first. If he had really fainted, he would have just collapsed. Mm. So with that, like, okay, well, I believe my older sister, so... (laughs) Yeah. I thought like, okay, so it it's part of the show, but man, that's so she said that is really well done though. I'm like, yeah. Because I, yeah. I was biting. I I had no idea. What were you thinking? Yeah, it was scary. It, I mean it even watching it now, I mean I think especially now with the concussion stuff, it's just kinda like creepy, you know. It's just like, oh, like how how does that not happen more often for real? <laughs> you know what I mean? With uh <laughs> With all the stuff going on back then, and I, I, I think it's definitely, like, a testament that, like, this was pre, like, a lot of the real, like, controversial stuff, because I, I would think they would know better <laughs> than to do, like, an angle like this, you know what I mean? Like, when they talk to uh, the next thing, when he talks to Todd Pettengill and talks about the concussion, like, it really is, is kind of uh, odd, like, seeing that, like them faking a concussion when it was the kind of thing that was happening kind of all the time and you know what i mean um so and you nailed it man it's this is like the one thing where like you know back normally you watch something from the 80s or 90s with what's kind of more commonly known about medical things now sports injuries things like that it seems like cheesier in hindsight this is like the one exception where it seems like way more brutal in hindsight like right oh he just had a concussion like holy crap i just watched this like this is long-term effects we know what this means sean was in control of his match with owen hart victory seemed to be at hand and then we witnessed the longest five seconds in world wrestling federation history sean michaels collapsed to the canvas and we later found out sean was suffering from post-concussion syndrome in the United States annually, there's about 4 million patients suffer from some type of head trauma. As a result of the head trauma, about half these patients develop a syndrome, which includes 
problems such as uh, ringing the ears, nausea, vomiting, headache, blurred vision, uh, different problems such as uh, numbness in their hands and feet, forgetfulness, inability to concentrate, uh, they, they can lose their direction and uh, this becomes a problem because these patients tend to get frustrated, they get uh, depressed as well, they have sleep disturbances. Yeah, and especially with the stuff that happened um, not too long before that with Syracuse and everything, it really... <laughs> It just made you wonder, like, uh, what's going on here? Like, did did he get out there too early? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Wasn't, like, ready to come back or whatever, so. That's the classic horror movie thing, you know, don't show everything. <laughs> Sometimes not being shown is a lot scarier. And so the Syracuse thing, exactly. Like, we don't know what happened there. There were no cameras at the bar. It was real. So. Well, and I, and I think, like, I don't know, I don't remember, like, the um, underground stuff or whatever back, like, Meltzer's newsletter or whatever, but I'm sure word got around that, like, the Syracuse thing was legit, you know what I mean, um, by this point, and so it was, like, people did know that that, like, was real, um, and seeing this, I, I mean, I don't know that everybody would have picked up on <laughs> the knees thing, um, I definitely didn't <laughs> at whatever age that would have been. Um, like 11 or 12 or something. So yeah, I was, good, good stuff. I was a bigger Owen Hart fan than a Shawn Michaels fan. Mm -hmm. And it annoyed me then. And it annoyed me on the rewatch. Why wouldn't the ref just call the match and declare Owen the winner since Shawn couldn't continue? Yeah. What, what is, is there a, is there a bias where Shawn Michaels here? What'd you well, well, there's a, uh, you know, no or uh, DQ, count out, pinfall, or submission. I mean, he didn't do any of those things. So, what? Man, <laughs> it's it is for like the ref stopped the match because somebody couldn't continue. And I'm yeah, I mean, right like there. Austin, uh, Brett. You know what I mean? Like the bleeding out thing was that was like it. That, we but... need a Ken Shamrock as the referee here. <laughs> But that was an I quit match. The <laughs> so, there was no, Just have Shamrock uh, screaming at Sean. Sean, can you continue? <laughs> I don't think we need uh, Ken Shamrock in this. I think we're good. Um, <laughs> we better stay out of his zone. <laughs> so, so yeah. So he. Okay. So so that happens. Basically, looks like he's you know sidelined yet again. Um, I kind of forget the timeline as far as like what this is three month weeks or whatever. Okay, is this like. November, December kind of thing. So this is like, I think this is early December. It's the 47th okay. episode of Raw in 1995. And they skipped a couple weeks due to the dog show. So I think, yeah, this is December. But Todd Pentengill has a sit-down interview with Shawn Michaels. I think they're in Shawn's house, right? Yeah. I love this, by the way. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's, he's kind of in better spirits. Um, thanks to the fans for like all their concern and stuff. And then, yeah, it talks a little bit about the concussion. Um, and uh, again, this is like where we see um, the wheels start spinning because Todd Pettengill asked him about like kind of goals left for Sean. And they're kind of hinting at like, is Sean going to have to retire? Can I get like the exact quote here? Sure. Yeah, go for it. So Todd Smiley, Sean Smiley. And he says, like, really, it has to be cool to be you, right? Like, you've been multiple-time Intercontinental Champion, multiple-time Tag Team Champion. I mean, you were never WWF Champion, but you've had an awesome career. <laughs> I should have known, not, like, at that point that he was going to mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but. that was it. That was sort of the 
that was the stroke. I think that was when I thought like, okay, that's where they're going. And you see Sean act serious and just go like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like it catches him off guard. He wasn't prepared for it. And like Sean's acting in this is great. Um, it's, it seems innocent, you know, like Todd's giving him a compliment, stuff that he thinks, well, Sean knows all this and it's still like hearing it out loud is really tough. Um, and so Todd asked him if Sean is, has thought about that he might be having to face what every athlete has to face at some point in their career, which is possible retirement. And Sean, again, for like the third or fourth time since the Syracuse incident, he gets sad. Yeah. He gets sad defensive. Sean. Yeah, that shot is back. He's shaken <laughs> by it. He just kind of looks around the room. He's just like, is this what this is all about? These cameras, you, you don't care about me. This is just getting my reaction <laughs> to that question on film. And he says he's not going to dignify it with a response. So it's all the same to you. I'm not going to dignify that with a response. Is, is, is that what all this is for? Is that what all this is about? The lights, the camera? It's, it's not about your concern for me, obviously. It's, it's about you getting my reaction to that question on your camera, isn't it? Must be easy for you to sit there. But for me, to respond to a question like that, this is not a job, this is my livelihood. This is my life. This means more to me than just about anything I could ever possibly dream of. It's all the same to you. I'm not, I'm not going to dignify that question with response. And, and they fade out of that. And I thought that was great because, like, you feel it. Like, you feel the pain. I just wanted to, like, chef's kiss that whole segment. But what do yeah. you think of it? Yeah, same. It was it was awesome. I, I love the the angle that they're going with with the retirement because I, I feel like you know, people that really knew what was going on probably knew, like, oh, this is where they're going. But I feel like, you know, kids like me, you know, might think, like, is he going to have to retire because all this stuff keeps happening where he's, you know, having concussions and getting jumped and everything else. Like, maybe this is just kind of uh, it for him. Um, so I, I thought, it, like you said, Sean's acting was awesome. Um, I don't remember a ton of Todd Pettengill, like, awesome sit-down interviews, <laughs> but this definitely was one of them. Yeah, I loved it. So, not awesome is what we have next on the playlist, which is the Tell Me a Lie music video, which is uh, one of the dumbest things I've ever seen on a wrestling show. I'm yeah. not, like, macho manly man guy, like, at all. But, man, I hated that then, and I hated it now. So, am I a it, no, it's like this is kind of girly, man. <laughs> the, the note I wrote was, "How did they beat WCW?" Like, <laughs> like those couple of years where it was like neck and neck, and like you know, you also had some other terrible stuff on you know before and after on Rawls and stuff where you're just like, man, like WCW had like Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit and <laughs> Dean Malenko, all these people like. It's just a, a lot of, like, the name, <laughs> you know what I mean? Which, obviously, Sean and Brett, like, kind of helped uh, 
pull him through and then the whole Austin stuff and all that. But that, I mean, that's what I was thinking when I was watching this. I was like, I can't imagine being like, I don't know, 35 or whatever at that point and being like, yeah, this is awesome. Like, who is who is enjoying that music video? Um, and, I, and that definitely wasn't like you said, it was pretty bad, but it definitely wasn't like the only one <laughs> in that in that era. Like that was the thing where they just like kind of like, all right, well, let's make a music video. I don't know if it was just like MTV was a thing and they thought it was fun to make, you know, that was what people wanted or something. I don't know. But, but yeah, it's pretty rough. Um, <laughs> and I thought like the cheesy like music and stuff, they they definitely were playing up the like, will he retire? um angle thing like this is a, a way to send him off you know it's just like <laughs> memories you know so it's just like it's not even a power ballad it's just a ballad it's so awful yeah <laughs> it's not i i don't know i liked some of the videos like i liked the taker one from like later in 96 i like the bret hart one that we cover towards wrestlemania too yeah you can you can trash that one for me if you need to but, it wasn't uh, this bad for sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is the last thing we see for a while, by the way. This is um late I think this is early January. This is season four, episode two. And so it's not until you know, they played that video for like I think a week at every program because it was still in limbo after that Todd Pentengill interview oh, in December. Is it gonna picture you being like at home waiting to record the next whatever the next segment is on raw and be like nope not this again i'm not recording this <laughs> but you just relived my life there <laughs> not wasting the vhs tape for that yeah yeah it, gosh i hated it i hated it and i i don't know how much they showed it but because i hated it so much it felt like it was all the time <laughs> before I, every commercial break they just played it again I think on one show, it must have been like WWF Mania, like on Saturday morning on USA. I think they said, like, they're playing it again by popular demand. I remember thinking, like, who would what? possibly demand that? Vince. Vince is the popular demand. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Get our money's worth out of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the next thing is the Raw on January 15th, where they show part of this like great vignette that i couldn't find on any of the raw episodes but it's where Shawn michaels talks about losing the belt to or giving up the intercontinental belt and then talks about coming back and they show like clips of him interspersed with like commentary from him and about him in front of the whole world just wasn't an easy thing to do. Good. I think being good makes you good. 
For years, people told me that I was too small and I wasn't going to make it. And I've shoved it in everybody's face. And I've enjoyed doing it. There is no mistaking that I want to go out there and steal the show. Jeff Michaels can electrify this capacity crowd for sure. What can I do tonight to make those people come out of their seats? What can I show these people that they haven't seen? What can I do to make sure that when the fans of the World Wrestling Federation file out of this arena, the one name that sticks in their mind is Shawn Michaels. And then that segues into him announcing, I'm not going to hang it up. I'm going to come back. I'm going to compete in this Royal Rumble. And I'm going to win. Um, yeah, against the advice of his doctors. Um, yeah, that's right. kind of weird. <laughs> Again, with the concussion <laughs> stuff, but... But yeah, it's like a press conference, kind of like um, like when Jordan, you know, said he was back or something like that. Like, again, a sign of the times. I think they didn't do that all the time, but it was like a big deal because it was for the Rumble um, and him announcing it. I like them showing some of the other people as well, like uh, Owen, and I think they show Razor a few different people, just kind of like building up the excitement of the Rumble. And also not just like, it's going to be Sean because we're showing him right. You know what I mean? It was anybody's game, I guess, kind of kind of thing. So, yeah, like, you know, the favorites were like, you know, Razor was like a classic Sean opponent. Diesel was the other favorite. And Owen was like a Dark Horse favorite. And he was the guy that put Sean out. So the other thing you said, Sign of the Times, if you didn't know what time we were in after this video in the comments, <laughs> we got to a scheme gene <laughs> spot to make fun of me. <laughs> since he was in WCW. Yeah, there's a lot of that, um, like, right <laughs> after some of the, like, the, what was that called? The the Billionaire Ted sketches. Yeah, where they had, Rats like, a Hogan. fake Hogan and a fake Macho and all that. Yes. Kind of kind of weird. Uh, like Definitely jaded, stuff like that. Like, just making fun of, like, two of the all-time greats just because, like, they, you know... And they were still good. <laughs> like I mean, they weren't, you know what I mean? Like, they weren't, like, a hundred, like, they made them out to be. Um, it's like, I can't imagine, like, if you had a, like, we're both married, but we have really cool wives. But if you had, like, a girlfriend, you would know, like, you're like, you know what? My ex-girlfriend wouldn't even do this. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I just felt like to be like what you but but when i was 16 years old i thought it was really funny and oh, i yeah. thought it was pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> wcw um, you mean we can't wrestle Is that what you mean <laughs> how about we just call it how about we rip off actually i really like the line where they say how about we rip off unbelievable which was wwf's catchphrase at the time i will say it's not believable yeah like ted's wrestling is not believable <sighs> <laughs> um so the next thing is the royal rumble side note this is a really great pay-per-view <laughs> yeah um, uh gold us was that sort of his crowning moment and the brett taker match is awesome yeah all of that is the rumble is pretty bad. <laughs> oh, I really I mean, liked it. <laughs> I thought I, I watched the whole thing because, you know, I love them and I was like excited. I remembered liking it, but there's just a lot of wrestlers that 
I didn't care at all about and and also didn't think you know I, I always hate it when they have wrestlers that it's like Im- impossible to believe that they could have won you know what I mean where it's like I mean there's a few fun ones which is fine like Bob Backlund or something like that but I don't remember if the body donuts were there, but there's definitely like wrestlers like that where you're like, okay, Skip is not going to freaking win the Royal Rumble. Like, what are we doing? Like, they have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. One of the guys, the one that struck me the most like that, Doug Gilbert, who wasn't even a WWF wrestler. He was this small wrestler yeah. from the USWA. I think he was Eddie Gilbert's brother. And yeah, yeah like, okay, the, he doesn't somebody look was on cool. Commentary that was like, I wrestled with his brother. Yeah, cool. Yes. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I did like. See, I thought the rumble was fun, uh, just because like they would set up fun spots. Like Jake the Snake came back and he threw out the snake and he dumped it on Jerry Lawler. That was pretty fun. Um, they had Yoko and Vader brawling and they were both heels. So that was sort of like this dream exchange. And then Sean dumped them both at once. So that yeah. was kind of cool. Yeah, when Sean came out, I mean, it definitely was awesome <laughs> like from there on out but he did the thing where he pulled lawler out from underneath the ring um which was really fun yeah yeah that was great side note this is the first rumble where they use music all the way through too so that was pretty cool oh nice yeah yeah that. um, um one thing i wanted to point out real fast was the pre-match uh interview with sean um, he says that they're his fans are now known as the Click, so that was uh kind of cool. And he also mentions the boyhood dream destiny kind of thing again, kind of laying into that, which was kind of telling in hindsight. So, um, I, I, I mean, I don't remember the Click being a thing before 1996, um, and I definitely remember it being a thing <laughs> like after that, it's been like. You mentioned the magazine. I remember the magazine always having stuff about the click and me basically being like, what the fuck is the click? Like, what is that word? I don't understand. Like, it's just some weird, like, the spelling and stuff is just strange, but it worked, you know? So, so when Sean... Kind of a, Sorry, cool yeah. thing. Just like when... the show and Sean has, like, a, a cult following. You know what I mean? It's not just, oh. like, everybody likes him as an Intercontinental Champion, but it's, like... You know, he's just another guy. Now it's like, oh, no, he's, like, beloved by a, a big group of people um, that could really get behind him if he was to win it all. So I thought that was cool. That's the perfect term for it, too, because there are some people who thought Sean was better than Brad at the time. And I think you're right. Like, cult is the word, because you'd have to be brainwashed by a cult to think <laughs> that. But, yeah, definitely some kind of cult following. Yeah, I was, there. I was in the call for sure. <laughs> um, Sean wins the Rumble, as you would expect. And uh, the, wor- the worst chin music ever on Diesel's shoulder. So excited <laughs> were you when Sean won the Rumble here? Yeah, I, I was like beside myself. I was, I, and my brother was a big Diesel fan. Um, so it was kind of cool, like coming down to them too. And well, that is cool. I don't remember exactly, you know, my thoughts and stuff, but I feel like I would have not expected it as much with him having won the year before, you know? Um, so I feel like it definitely was a surprise. I mean, now that's like a thing that's happened a few times, but um, back then I was like, oh, he had his chance and it'll be diesel again. I, 
I, I thought they were going with him. <coughs> who was that? Who was that third? You know, the one right before Diesel that Sean threw out, or no, the Diesel threw out. Sean was it? The pile for that year was like Sean Diesel and just like two people. I think Kama, the Supreme yeah, Fight, that's what I say. Yeah, was one of them. I I completely forget the other one. <laughs> okay, but yeah, so I mean, it was obviously going to be one of those two, and yeah, it was awesome. All right, I, so, I love like the commentary and stuff too. I can't remember exactly what it is, but like that um, him doing the belt kind of motion with his hands. That's one of my favorite things. Like one of my favorite like kind of clips of him and the highlight reels. Um, yeah. That's always something I loved when people did that in the UFC too. It's just kind of like, you know, I'm next kind of next in line kind of thing. So it's cool. I like it too. I do. So from here, next stop on the boyhood dream journey is Owen Hart again. Um, Sean gives his Rumble Celebration interview. Interview Jim Cornette. Hey, Heather, my sister really likes his podcast. Um, <laughs> she's, I think her thing is like anything, you know, that you would like think a decent person would disagree with Jim Cornette on. She really disagrees with Jim Cornette on, but she likes all of his wrestling opinions quite a bit. Nice. And so, um, yeah. So, and um, Jim Cornette's out there. He's doing his thing. And he says, like, well, Sean, you know, I know you want to fight Owen Hart, but Owen Hart put you on the shelf. He's got nothing to prove and nothing to gain. And Sean says, I would do anything to fight Owen Hart. Just make it happen. So Cornette says, fine, put your WrestleMania title shot on the line. And Sean balks because it's his dream, but Cornette taunts him into it. And so, yeah, we're set up in your house. Owen Hart versus Shawn Michaels for the title match at WrestleMania. Yeah. which. I um, was an idiot and was talking about my notes from this one for the first Owen match. <laughs> the first Owen match is cool, but this is the one that was crazy. I was going to um, say, like, yeah, if you like the last one, this one you must love. <laughs> yeah, no, this is the one that was awesome. I, I love the um, entrance off the roof, which is kind of like a little nod yeah. to Mania. You know what I mean? Like, he comes, he's dancing on the top of... The house uh, for your house. Yep. Yeah, it's like I forgot. I mean, I remember that happening, but I forgot that it was like that close to Mania, you know. So it's kind of just like a cool like he's going to be known for a lot of things, but another thing is going to be memorable entrances. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so and that so, match is crazy. Yeah. Um, the pre-match video, by the way, is all about Sean. The only part about Owen is how he put Sean on the shelf and then he gets the line, the heartbreak kid is going to get broke by the heartbreaker. The, again, me being an Owen fan, even back then, like, give me more Owen. Come on. But I knew I knew where, where it was going. Um, Owen and Sean do like this swank, like dual nip up thing. Like before <laughs> the bell even rings, like Sean clears the ring of Owen and it's exciting. Like Sean's just on another level here. Yeah, I, I had that same note. <laughs> I love that because. It's always, I don't know, it's it's always like Sean as the guy because he's so entertaining and everything. But I love that they let, you know, Owen do it at the same time. And it was just kind of like, don't forget about, you know, how awesome he is, too. Like, it's, I, I, I love that spot, um, the double nip up. Vince in this match is like, 
this is a family show, so I'm trying to think of the nice way to say this. I, he's just like super excited about Shawn Michaels, and <laughs> he's like, uh, he basically does this for the next like year, right? Where he's just like, Shawn is the greatest wrestler of all time, and I don't know if that, how much of that is just like his character, but he really goes out of his way to just talk about how Shawn is just amazing and everything he does is fantastic and do you remember when the condemned was coming out and santina morella like with steve austin in the movie and santina morella like the way they promoted the movie was they would do santino at the movies and every week it would just be him making fun of the condemned and how stupid it was <laughs> no i don't, I don't remember so, that. the episode where like they're gonna have an in-ring confrontation by the way wrestlemania is coming up similar thing but yeah. stone cold's gonna confront santino and santino's in the ring by himself saying no one will be here no one's going to stop a mud pie no one's going to <laughs> kick a, a dirt hole jim ross is not going to nearly reach the point of orgasm <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's basically what I was getting that's at. Let's... Yeah, what this picture is. Owen Hart, again, I think I made this note during the Owen Brett view too. Owen has the best belly-to-belly suplex of all time, and it's not even close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, Owen, more than almost anybody, I think, has like a very um, specific <laughs> set, like move set, and doesn't deviate much outside of that. And that's not a knock at all it's just kind of like these are the 10 15 moves that he does a lot and they're amazing and he's like like you said the best ever at (laughs) the insiguri or the belly to belly suplex like yeah just knows what he's doing um he was the best at that um that thing he i never i can't remember if anybody else does this but where he would like be in an arm hold like a wrist lock and he'd run and jump with from the ground to both feet being on the top rope and then like land on his legs on the top rope and flip backwards. Like that was always amazing. And he does that here. I think. Yeah, he does. Small note. And I, I'll go, I'll not mention it in the Iron Man match, but the knee to the gut is one of my favorite moves. (laughs) Yeah. The guy's like flying off the ropes and some guy just like knees him in the gut. So good. Brett has an awesome punch to the gut in the Iron Man. I love that. Yeah, Sean's going off the top rope. <laughs> just punches him in the stomach, <laughs> drops him down. So the match. Um. Oh, by the way, little note here. Uh, there are two great callbacks in a row in the match. First of all, Sean sneaks in a victory roll of sorts, which is sort of like a callback to when Owen beat Brett at WrestleMania 10. And the second one is when Owen kicks out, he feigns a kick, which is like the setup for his Enziguri of Doom, the one that puts Sean on the shelf. And that's how he always sets it up. He'll like, do like the weakest kick, with which a guy like catches so easily. Like, hi, I got him. And every time Owen Hart's like, you're a sucker, and we'll kick him in the back of the head. So right. Owen does the feign kick. Um, and then um, he does the Enziguri and knocks Sean out of the ring. And then the ref... Like the anti-heart tool bag that he is, because it's Earl Hebner, doesn't go to count Sean out of the ring, but hops out to check on him in the exact way that a referee should not. He's supposed to count in. Owen Hart should have been in a rematch with Bret Hart from WrestleMania 10, but again, 
Ref didn't want to award the match to Owen when Sean couldn't continue. Now he's not even counting Sean out. Why are we screwing the hearts here? <laughs> yeah, like we said, Vince is very much a fan of, of Sean. It's clear. Yeah, um, like Sean's dream is to be the best. And I'm sorry, you can't be that because Owen Hart keeps on beating you. <laughs> I actually wondered, I know Vince did, you know, just did that kind of thing. But with the angle that's coming... You know, I wondered if they kind of played up like Vince's uh, love for Sean. You know what I mean? Purposely to be like, was it, you know, Vince screwed Brett kind of thing? Or I don't know. I mean, he was a weirdo on commentary. (laughs) Wasn't uh, exclusive to Sean. But like you said, it definitely is like all in on on that right here. So, right. (laughs) So, um, end of the match, Owen ducks a super kick, uh, then Sean ducks and then Zaguri, and then Sean hits the super kick, and that's it. Sean's going to WrestleMania. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I thought this was so funny, but after this, they show a commercial for WrestleMania 12, and essentially the commercial is, hey guys, how good was WrestleMania 11, and Number one, WrestleMania 11 is to this day known for being one of the worst of all time. I just saw a YouTube list a couple of days ago and it ranked the WrestleManias and it had 11 at the very bottom as the very worst. Oh, wow. And then, but in the commercial, they say like critics can't stop praising it. And then after critics can't stop, they go to actor Nicholas Tatura, who was a guest, to go, wow, what a night. Like, he's not a critic. <laughs> if you watch the celebrities, he's the one that's obviously, like, the massive fan. He's the most fun to watch because you can tell he's having the time of his life. But also, like, mm, that's not a critic. <laughs> yeah. I, I know him. Because well, like, of wrestling, we're, I know him. <laughs> we're really trying to convince people that WrestleMania 11 was awesome. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, later in the show, Roddy Piper announces Brett versus Sean for WrestleMania on the platform. And here's a hidden line here, okay? For years, it bothered me that at the end of the Iron Man match, like, Grill Monsoon jumped in the ring, and Vince's justification was Roddy Piper said there must be a winner. Yeah. Okay. Here's what Roddy Piper actually says here. Uh, and the funny, like, the cool thing about this is, like, he says it here. He says it in the next segment we'll get to on Raw where they're in the ring together. But he never comes out and says there must be a winner. What he says is, uh, Sean, I know you made it. This is your dream, but you better come ready to fight because I'm not stopping this match until there's a winner. And then um, Todd Pettengill, who's interviewing Piper, laughs and moves right along. Like, that's it. That's it, you know, I'm not signing for the match till there's a winner, so you better come ready to fight. Like, that's not saying there has to be a winner. So that, but it is saying, but he is saying, you know, I'm not stopping till there's a winner. So it's kind of this, like, very subtle thing where um, you get, because as a fan, I was like, okay, Brett has the champion's advantage. And Brett thinks the exact same thing. In the in ring promo, which we'll get to in a second, and Piper doesn't correct him on it. So it, it is cool that it works both ways. That, like, on one hand, Piper says has to be a winner, but on the other hand, Piper never says champion's advantage is out. Which in wrestling, champion's advantage is you can't lose your belt 
on a DQ, count out, or a draw. You have to be the champion if you're the challenger. Champion does not have to beat you. Um, but anyway. James, are you crying? It's, it's emotional <laughs> for me, right? I, mean, I think on. what I heard you say is that you hate Roddy Piper, which is kind no, of... No, Piper is take. one of my heroes, but... I mean, like, I just, how did Vince get to Piper? Like, to screw what, Brett. What I, what, the way that I took that was that Piper was supposed to say that and just forgot. <laughs> and so Vince just calls back to it as if he said that, even though, like you said, he didn't really say that. So I almost wonder if it wasn't. I See, I was thinking, like, okay, that's actually great. That's intentional. Because if he had said it, it would almost be like telegraphing the ending, right? That's true. Yeah, but um, the next night, Monday Night Raw, this is where we get, I was here live for this show, by the way, this is where we get the um, Shawn Michaels Bret Hart. I was wondering if you were, because I remember them saying it was in Cincinnati. Yeah, this is, oh man, this was a blast of a time. Um, Jerry Lawler shilling for Shawn Michaels when he comes to the ring is pretty shameless. But then he redeems it by saying that Sean has bad taste. You can tell he's hugging Vince McMahon. <laughs> and again, when Bret Hart comes out and then Jerry goes, wait a second. I said Sean Michaels has bad taste. I guess all these idiots in Cincinnati have bad taste, too. They're actually cheering Bret Hart. Yeah, he didn't know where to go with his sides on this one. They they do the mutual respect thing. Sean brings up Brett's catchphrase, being the best there is, was, ever will be, and says Brett's the best there was. He might be the best there ever will be, but with respect, I can't believe you're the best there is, because I think that spot is occupied by me. And Brett brings up the kind of the theme of his title reign this time, which was like fighting all the big guys. Like he fought Diesel, he fought Undertaker, he fought um, British Bulldog, Big Musclehead, and um, anybody a, anybody related to Brett, he has fought. <laughs> Brett's not very good at getting along with his family. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the cool thing is, like, this is, um, it feels super fresh. You know, like, they had feuded in 92, again in 93, but they're both faces here, and they're both, I'd say, the best they'd ever been at any point. So they had just kept keeping them away from each other from, like, you know, late 93 on. They After Survivor Series, unless you went to a house show, they didn't really interact at all in 93. So it was this incredibly, like, it was like this dream match because they were kept so far away from each other on TV. And then when they yeah. finally came together, it's like, these are the two best. Yes, please give me this match. Yeah, I, I was thinking about it like, what is it? Um, Mania this year with with Reigns and Lesnar. And you're kind of like, oh, they've done this before. You know, or really in any Mania that's got like uh, Triple H versus somebody that he's wrestled before. And you're... I don't know. My my instinct is always like I always want something like brand new, and I probably even thought at one point like like this match, you know. But it's because like you're you're kind of taken out of of it at that point, and you forget that yeah they did feud <laughs> like three years before that, and like you said, they kept them apart so long that it felt like a dream match that hadn't happened. 
which I mean, I I do think like the three years in between for them was pretty significant as far as like their level, you know, that they got to. Yeah, Um, Sherman was great back then, and he's twice as good here. Yeah. And even Brett, like, I, I feel like, you know, some people might think of his heyday as like, 93 and 94 or something like that and this is a little bit later on but and I, I don't i don't think he's lost anything from you know those last couple of years i agree he's got the got the like vet you know vibe stuff going on as well so he's kind of um he's grown into in new japan what's called the ace of the company right sort of like now in new japan is sort of permanently held by like this legend hiroshi tanahashi and Brett was sort of this, like, he'd been seeing Bester as was ever will be for, like, years as, like, this aspirational thing. He was a, trying to be, trying to attain. When he beat Diesel for the belt, I remember that, like, it suddenly felt, like, very believable. Because it seemed like Bret Hart was inevitable. Like, no matter what happened in between, it always came back to Brett. Like, it always comes down to Brett. He would lose the belt. He'd, like, slide everybody up and down the mid-card for a while or, you know, kind of just below that main event tier, maybe. And then he'd get the belt back. Like, he lost it to Yokozuna. A year later, gets it back from Yokozuna. Um, between then, he won the King of the Ring, loses it to Bob Backlund. A year later, he beats the guy that beat Bob Backlund. So it's like, okay, we've had these super pushes for Diesel. We had the Hogan experiment. We had the first truly long heel run since superstar Billy Graham but at the end of the day, it's always Brett. And so I remember thinking, like, this is where, like, it's starting to feel like, okay, he's definitely the top guy. Like, they're not just, I don't it's know. Not, yeah, it's Did not you just feel like that, like too? A short while. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was, I mean, he wasn't unbeatable because he did lose the belt a few times, but he felt, still felt unbeatable. Like, yes. Um, like, if you beat him, it, it meant a lot, essentially. Um, yeah, except, like except for Hogan or whatever that nonsense. <laughs> but it's yeah. not. Yeah, it's not the invincible thing, but it is like he's the mountain. He's the standard. Like if you beat Bret Hart, you're at a certain level that only the top elite guys get to. So, yeah, I, I thought that was really cool. Bret being who Vince called the best storyteller of all time plants the seeds for the ending of the Iron Man match right in this promo an entire month out with four sentences. There's a lot of people that misunderstand things. It's not my job to beat you. Being the World Wrestling Federation champion, it's your job to beat me. Now, It's so freaking cool because not only does that play into like Brett's long-term strategy in the Iron Man match, one of them at least, you know, that like all you have to do is get to a draw. That's it. But it also that first line, a lot of people misunderstand things. The irony of that is that the only, you know, the person who misunderstood the rules the most was Brett Hart. Was, was Brett? Yeah. Yeah. Like he never had them clearly explained to him from what we saw on TV and. It, again, that kind of came back to bite him. Um, and Sean, you know, brings up how Brett has had one tough opponent after another, but he's gotten beat up, you know. What a weirdo for bringing that up. And oh. then he starts showing off his abs like a prima donna. <laughs> <laughs> 
but uh yeah and, and then piper comes out he says you know like anybody can get lucky and catch a fall but i'm not gonna let that happen it's not gonna be who wins it's gonna be the man who beats the other man the most times in a match he asks brett if he has a problem with that brett says no yeah sean and sean says no but how long of a match are we talking here and piper says one hour no timeouts no nothing and he, then he makes him shake hands and says uh you better shake hands now because in a month you're going to be hating each other and um again piper does say you know in a six minute match he says the guy with the most falls will win Again, he doesn't outright say there must be a winner. He just says the guy with the most falls will win. Mm. Well, again, very... It, you can completely overlook it, and it barely makes sense in hindsight, but it does just enough. Just enough. <laughs> um, yeah. And they, yeah, they shake hands, and then both each guy kind of like holds on a little bit extra, and then they both kind of laugh that they both held on, look at each other, and walk away. Yeah, I, I like that because, like we said, both of them being um, baby faces, like you're, you are used to some sort of handshake, contract signing type thing, turning into somebody giving somebody a power bomb through a table or whatever. Um, so I, I, I felt like they were kind of playing off that a little bit, like, oh, oh, no, we're really just gonna do, you know, we really are just gonna be two good guys uh, trying to find out who the best is, and they both like look amazing in that promo like i don't know like a lot of times for contract signings and stuff it's like somebody in a t-shirt or whatever they they're both like dressed as if they're gonna wrestle like they both Mm -hmm. just look super professional aside from the fact that sean's dressed like a stripper and (laughs) dress friend like (laughs) hot pink leather jacket but you know what i'm saying right i know what you're saying (laughs) piper's in a kill i mean it's all uh crazy but but yeah i like that (laughs) aspect of it all right so there are three slam jam promos we'll just touch on briefly here first one's from brett and um this is from like a french show where he says in the slam jam promo Shawn michaels is a friend but friend or not at wrestlemania he's going to pound him into the dirt and the excellence of execution will execute you once and for all. And I like the once and for all thing, because for Brett, you know, there's like undertones here. Like, okay, I beat you in 92 when I was Intercontinental Champ. I beat you in 93 when you started messing with my family. Now I'm going to beat you again. I beat you at Survivor Series for the world title. And now I'm going to beat you again for the world title at WrestleMania. I'm just going to do it once and for all. <laughs> yeah. Um, he also tries to sneak in his own uh click i don't know if you caught that you know and i don't know who the fans are going to side with and to be really honest in my situation you really can't care you may have the click backing you up you may not it may be a pink white and black surge out there backing me up it the pink and white surge is what he called it (laughs) no i missed that and i'm like oh that didn't really catch on (laughs) quite as much (laughs) as the click but Oh yeah, the pink and white surge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I always miss that. Um, in Sean's promo on Slam Jam, he says, "How many times can I come out here and tell you how much I respect Brett the Hitman Hart? How many times can I tell you what a wonderful job he's done as the World Wrestling Federation Champion? It's all true, and I believe it. But the fact of the matter is, folks, 
I want to be the World Wrestling Federation champion. I've never been there, and it's something that I've dreamed about my entire life. Hitman, I do respect you. You have done a wonderful job. But on March 31st at WrestleMania 12, Shawn Michaels is going to beat you. And, like, they're both, at this point, they're kind of generic. We'll get to the third one later, which is, again, it's cool that they have these, like, again, respectful, friendly ones to start. Because by the go-home promo, it's very intense. <laughs> um, so, episode 9 of 1996, season 4 of Raw. Um, this is where we get the first kind of, I guess, the next part of the story. This first match is Shawn Michaels versus 1-2-3-Kid. I thought this was a great match. Did you watch this one? Um, I think I had it on. I don't know that I watched it, like all the way through. I was trying to trying to figure out exactly what, you know, pertained to uh to mania. And it's essentially like what I what I took from it was showing both of them wrestling um uh, like younger, quick opponents. Um, yeah. and, and trying Scott to like what did what did you say? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Oh you're fine. I just didn't hear you. Um just they're highlighting the conditioning a lot, right? Like it's going to be um, an, an hour long and no one's ever done that before, that whole kind of thing. And I think to show some of that, they kind of did a lot of like, I don't know, they, they did a lot of matches <laughs> like before Mania, which sometimes they don't do. Sometimes it's just kind of like you're on the shelf until then. Um, but they really had a lot and it was a lot, against a lot of like quicker, younger guys. So. Yeah, it's almost like they're telling the audience, like, oh, in case you missed how good these guys are, here's some guys that are also very good, but not as good as either of them. And if these matches yeah. are good, just wait till Mania. Yeah. Uh, the cool thing here is also, like, each guy scouts the other one. And um, this is a point in the um, Superstars uh, of Wrestling vignette that's on YouTube. It's um, Bret Hart watches the Shawn Michaels match from the locker room on a TV. And again, he's very serious, very humble. He's not so insecure that he needs the spotlight at all times. Shawn Michaels is, of course. So when Bret Hart's wrestling his match against Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Shawn comes out to the ring, puts a chair at ringside, and he's cheering Bret, and he's applauding Bret. But he, again, Shawn loves the spotlight, and that's just sort of one of his character things. I think he's more devoted um and cut, wants to see the match like up close and not just like when he feels like tuning in onto a TV backstage. I mean, he really was out there taking notes um, and yeah, supporting Brett. Um, he didn't want to, to win the title over some, some schmuck. So wanted to make sure that <laughs> it meant something when he won the title. That you know that cool thing about you know like maybe doing deeper scouting. There's something cool too that that will kind of play in when uh, the Iron Man match comes and Earl Hebner's going over the instructions. Um, but before, we're not quite there yet. But yeah, remind me that you said that because we'll come back to it. But the cool, my favorite thing about this, and this is so again like Bret Hart. We covered this in the Owen Hart feud, especially going into WrestleMania 10. Like he's a detail freak, right? So I just mentioned how he telegraphed the ending to the match in the first four sentences. He says in their first face-to-face -face meeting, right? He um, telegraphs the ending 
to the Iron Man match, the time limit at least, right here in this match. And to go to a deeper level, it's a callback to how Bret Hart beat Sean at Survivor Series in 1992. So here's what happens. Like, Sean's out there on his chair at ringside watching the match up close, and Triple H is Bret Hart's opponent for his match. It's, again, they're both good matches here. Both are really fun. If these were, if it was like 2022, and these were in AEW, Dave Meltzer would have given them both four and a half stars. (laughs) (laughs) um, What happens is Triple H goes to the second rope, and he jumps at Bret, and Bret ducks down and sweeps the legs on Triple H's way down, so Triple H just lands flat on his back. And from as soon as he does that, like Shawn Michaels picks up his chair and starts walking away. And so because like Bret Hart segs that straight to the sharpshooter without hesitating. So there's two things going on here. Number one, Shawn's really putting Bret over like, yep, you give Bret Hart that opening and you're done. You're cooked. It's over. But number two, on a deeper level, that is dead to rights exactly how the Shawn Michaels Bret Hart match ended at Survivor Series 1992. Shawn's last shot at the world title against Bret Hart ended with him going to the top rope and trying a drop kick and Brett just stepping back, catching the legs and turning it into a sharpshooter and the match is over. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like, okay, yeah, he knows what happens from here because he's lived it. And so on one hand, he might be going like, seeing this, so there's no way I'm letting that happen to myself again. But on the other hand, maybe he's also thinking, again, we're getting deep into character stuff here. We're lit nerds, so forgive us. Yeah. From a character standpoint, he would be thinking like, it might be too painful to actually watch that again because for him it might be reliving it. Yeah. So he's just like walking away. The Triple H gives up before Sean's even to the end of the aisle, and Sean got up before the sharpshooter was even on. And then um, Sean turns around and he uh, lays the chair down and he just stops to publicly clap and applaud for Bret Hart. And that's how that show ends. And this goes into the superstars. Uh, of wrestling vignette where they say that Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, this is the catchphrase, a parallel of ability, a paradox of style. Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, a parallel of ability, a paradox of style. Both men grew up in western towns, bred in the cold of Calgary, Alberta, Canada, Shawn in the heat of San Antonio, Texas. Certainly they're both a reflection of that environment. Bret somewhat aloof he's cool or maybe even cold like the calgary winner the strong silent type if you would sean on the other hand is what you might expect out of a western boontown wild he's cocky flamboyant and outrageous and yet they both have a single passion in life to be the greatest superstar in the history of the world wrestling federation for brett it almost seemed his birthright Born to a rustling family, he trained in his father's basement, affectionately known as the Dungeon. That's where Brett learned the ropes from his legendary father, Stu Hart, and trained with his nine brothers. Sean, on the other hand, made a choice at the age of 12 years old that this would be his destiny. Sean sought out the Mexican legend, Super Sock Jose Lothario. Super Sock took Sean under his wing, trained him, and treated him like a son. Even though Sean and Brett grew up on opposite ends of the continent, they both share a love, a respect, and a passion for their chosen sport. These two great athletes, armed with raw talent and the wisdom of two legends, 
left their homes to pursue superstardom in the World Wrestling Federation. Through years of hard work and dedication, they have both succeeded. They are two of the most respected and accomplished athletes in the history of the World Wrestling Federation, and yet, much like their upbringing, they have done it differently. Brett is a technician, Sean a high flyer. Brett is low-key, Sean is flamboyant. Both are resilient, and both have the heart of a champion. But Brett is the current champion, and Sean still dreams of it. Now, they have come full circle. Destiny has brought them together. They will face their most daunting challenge, each other, in a 60-minute Iron Man matchup at WrestleMania. Why, just this past Monday, they were both in action. Each superstar, in his own style, studied the other, learned from each other, and respected each other. But now, as WrestleMania looms on the horizon, both men have chosen to return to their roots, to their mentors, to train for what will undoubtedly be the most grueling title match in the history of the World Wrestling Federation. And in the weeks to come, we shall share with you their diverse training. Yeah, I, I thought this was really well done. What did you think? Yeah, I did too. I, I think they do. Don't they show Brett on a treadmill? I feel like they did that at some point on that. I mean, I, like just starting the conditioning talk, right? Um, but... Am I wrong? I don't. I thought that was. No, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and I, I just don't remember. I mean, I I don't know. I I, a lot of the like um, WrestleMania 12 um, training videos and all that stuff, I remember a lot because I was so obsessed with WrestleMania 12. But Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't think that that was like um, a constant, right? Like you sent me a thing today about Roman Reigns, like kind of doing that, and it was like. Uh, unique right because that's usually there's some other angle that they're playing up uh going into mania or any pay-per-view really um and they're not doing the whole like personal um hometown like talk to their mentor kind of like that whole thing um so this one i felt like was really cool and unique in that respect um, especially for the time when it was like, you know, Doink and Undertaker, all these stupid gimmicks, right? <laughs> Just kidding. Like they're, on, they're on the same level. Doink. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Um, yeah, they had never done this build for a Mania match before. I don't know if they'd ever done this build for anything before. The only other times I can think that they've done it are they did it for... Uh, SummerSlam 2002 with Brock and Rock, but that was only one week each, but they got training vignettes. Triple H and John Cena, one week each with, like, training videos. And John Cena and The Rock, kind of, sort of, for WrestleMania 28, 29, those weren't really training videos so much as they were just, like, personality profile videos, I guess. But yeah, there wasn't some big feud. It was like, these two guys are going to have a match, and it's kind of the big deal and that was enough you know in hindsight like watching this i i won't say it's quote unquote better than wrestlemania 3 the hogan andre build but i will say i have more fun i probably have more fun watching it and that's probably just because brett's my favorite and 96 has such a close place to my heart for being a wrestling fan 
Um, just because you know, like it was wrestling was great, and ninety four and ninety five were really the years where like you have to like it to stick with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's like Brett and Sean, and there's a bunch of crap besides those two, basically. <laughs> yeah. And you know, there's well, the other one's good taker. Yeah, but go ahead. Train, train Douglas. Train Douglas. Oh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, so that anyway segs into the first training vignette on Monday Night Raw. Uh, Shawn Michaels looking like a million bucks here. He's in great shape. He's in Texas, sun's shiny. He introduces the world to Super Sock Jose Lothario. Uh, back before that got really nauseating and stupid. This was really cool oh. <laughs> here. And um, yeah, yeah. This, what what did you think of this Shawn Michaels training? Well, thing? I mean, I thought like it was kind of weird and somewhat racist that Brett said that he's never heard of a uh, no wait a good we'll get Mexican restaurant. <laughs> We're at the shop <laughs> one right now. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was awesome. I, 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 again, I feel like like the personal stuff um, was rare in that in that time, but especially for Sean because he was so, uh, you know, like a a bad guy and like whatever, like just a partier or whatever the vibe they were going for was. But um, showing his like I don't remember if they show his parents, but you know, showing his hometown and like that the fact that he had a mentor, which. Like you said, he introduced the world. I don't, I don't remember them ever talking about that prior to then. Yeah. Um, it definitely made you like, kind of like, oh, I could root for this guy. I, I remember like my dad, like he hates. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I'd say hate, but he was never a fan of Sean. Um, but if there ever was a time where he was like okay with him, it would have been like this era. You know, it's like showing mentor guy it felt more like like a rocky like sport sporting kind of uh vibe as opposed to just like over the top ridiculousness so um, that's exactly the comparison i was thinking of too he even does the upside down rocky push-ups in one of these videos yeah, yeah i mean it's cool seeing because like you know that he's in shape um obviously from all the stuff that he does but like actually watching him work out you're like oh no he really does <laughs> Like, he wasn't just born that way. You know what I mean? Um, he puts in the effort, all the stuff that you can say about his, like, personality. and Just kind of what Brett is really kind of saying a lot of the times is, you know, he's cocky and he's arrogant, but he really can't uh, deny his, um, dead, you know, hard work and dedication and ability and everything else. So, yeah. I felt like they yeah. really did a good job of showing that here. On Brett's side of the video, um, it seems like his was just a little bit longer. They talk. They call the hearts the most. I guess Jim Ross is narrating these. He calls the hearts the most famous wrestling family in the world, which again sort of like puts Brett on this legend status. And Brett says, for the first time, it feels like there's this big wave of momentum against him to the point where his own son has the Shawn Michaels hat and glasses. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I love Brett, it. Even, yeah, that was a really cool line. Um, he says he brings up the click and how it's this huge fan base, but so I was like, hey, I've got my fans too. Uh, brings up again how he's been fighting the big guys lately, and he and he says like I've been I've done what I had to do to fight these guys, but I've been getting chastised for it. Which again, he hasn't exactly been cheating, but he's been fighting a lot 
dirtier against like, you know, Taker and Diesel and then Diesel again and Taker again. Um, which is like, it was this cool element. Bret Hart's not just, you know, the technician. He's kind of mixed that early heel persona from the heel portion of the Hart Foundation tag team into his current run. And I, I love it again, like that ace mindset, like, okay, he can deal with anybody. He's found ways to deal with anybody. Um, but he says he respects Sean, but not in contrast to where he stands to Brett. He doesn't like the dancing. <laughs> he he likes Sean's confidence, but he thinks he takes it to a point of being cocky, and that's some real endurance. <laughs> I love that he says that, but like his motto is that he's the best, best there, there ever was, the best there is, and best there ever will be. Like, <laughs> like I'm not leaving any room for anybody to be better than me. I'm all three. Like you know. Um, so it's funny yeah and then the line you brought up that was like unintentionally funny <laughs> kind of like it's like like you said like it's it sounds racist but it's like the dumbest racist thing ever he says that Sean was trained by a Mexican wrestler then casually adds in I don't think I've ever known any really tough Mexican wrestler <laughs> <laughs> Any any Mexican wrestlers that could go sixty minutes, essentially. Right. Um. So anyway, that that was the promo. I thought these were both really good. Um. Oh yeah. And at the end, Brett says, "Hey, if your kid's gonna look up to Sean or me, I think it's better off your kid looking up to me, someone that has a little <laughs> respect." <laughs> so, Brett's really already kind of playing the subtle he he's a good guy he's a face but he's definitely showing some you know some casual heel tendencies here yeah yeah i felt that way pretty much like from this point on there's like um you know one out of every three times or something like there's little things here and there that are like uh you can see stuff building uh yeah and see that it would be cool. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, it, did he? I was gonna ask you this: Was he ever a heel before uh, this, or was it kind of the Cena thing where it's like he's just too good as a babyface, you can't do it? When he was first got to the WWF, and uh, he actually a little bit after he first got there, but he started this tag team with. You know, he, have you heard of the Heart Foundation? I've heard of Brian Brian Pillman in the first Heart Foundation run <laughs> with Jim Daniel Neidhart and Jimmy Hart. They were heels, and uh, that oh, last okay. from like eighty five to they wore sunglasses and leather jackets. No, no, they didn't wear leather jackets. <laughs> uh, at, at around ninety, they started wearing suede jackets. Ooh, and always did wear sunglasses. But yeah, 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 he was a heel. And uh, he was a good one. There's actually this really good Saturday Night's Main Event match between him and the Macho Man, which is pretty fun. Um, Yeah, so just kind of casually wanted to mention the Madison Square Garden moment where Diesel turns on Sean. And this kind of goes back yeah. to the Boy Dream story where Sean lost, nearly lost his career, lost his confidence, lost his belt. Now he's lost his best friend. That that was, um, unless it's just the like footage is weird, but was that a big deal? Like, I feel like whenever they showed that, it's just kind of like, 
oh yeah this happened by the way like it felt like a bigger deal in hindsight i mean it, a heel turn on like two main event guys was just kind of yeah. casually thrown in in the middle of this um brent and sean thing I, I wondered if it was also partly there to help bolster like sean as a baby face um after all those years of um, being a heel. One of the reasons I think so was, yeah, like it, Diesel at this point was on his way to WCW. He had given his notice and Diesel had been playing this really interesting tweener character, like the first main event tweener they'd ever had, where he's like good guy, but also kind of a bad guy part of the time. Right. So, like, mm-hmm. he's Sean's best friend. That makes him a good guy. They hang out. They watch each other's back. He fights Camp Cornette. That makes him a good guy. But then he's screwing with The Undertaker and attacking Bret Hart, and that makes him a bad guy. So he's this was sort of the definite, like, okay, he's full bad guy after, like, a really good few months as a tweener. He, um, on his way out, they're just like, okay, he's a bad guy now. And then, which it made it convenient because, you know, like, eliminate fans cheering him. He can job clean to take her, job clean to Sean, and be on his way. The Diesel tells this funny story, too, about, like, you know, when, after he gave his notice, like, he asked Vince what he wants to do with them. And Vince says, like, well, what I'm thinking is I'll have you put over The Undertaker at WrestleMania, put over Sean the next in your house, and I'll have you put over The Ultimate Warrior on Monday Night Raw. And then you'd be on your way. And Diesel says... You know what? I actually have zero problem with the two biggest losses you just mentioned. <laughs> and it says, maybe we skip the warrior. And he goes, maybe we skip that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's some some weird stuff there. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, we won't go down that road. Um, okay, so yeah. So you mentioned earlier there's a another slam jam. I actually didn't get a chance uh, to watch this because I didn't have um, I don't have that DVD. Yeah, so do you so, wanna talk, talk about that one? Yeah, cool. Okay, yeah. So this this is actually let's wait like two more weeks because it's like the last thing, second last thing before WrestleMania 12. Oh, sorry. It's that's... like no, no. Yeah, it's fine. It, I probably put it out of order on here. I'm sorry. Um. Okay. Second. Do, 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 second training vignette. I'm losing my notes. Do you know where we are in the notes right now? Well, I had. Um, Is it Sean versus Leaf Cassidy? I don't. I don't have that as as a thing on mine. Um, the last thing I have. So I have the season four episode eleven. Um, okay. So they 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 talk to Jose again. Um, they do a little bit more with that. They say, um, Oh, you know what? I skipped the first training vignette. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, you're fine. No, I was just, um, Sean said that he was essentially supposed to listen, um, and learn from him, which was, you know, obviously like hard for him as, as he's like a, a loud mouth kind of Aryan guy. Um, they, yeah, this is where they say Brett says he doesn't like, is dancing and that his kid is wearing his glasses. So yeah, so that's that's the, the yeah that's the second one. Thing that I want. Yeah. Sorry, in the first one, the thing ah, hey, that misses. Sorry, the first vignette, Bret Hart said this awesome thing, where he says like when people, this is his quote, actually believe 
that Shawn Michaels is better than I am, that just drives me nuts. Drives me nuts. <laughs> and then he says, when it, this is a quote, when it really comes down to it, I know, and Shawn Michaels knows, that he can't lace my boots up. And um, he says that at the end of the match, what people are going to see, say about Shawn Michaels, you know, all the people that jumped on the click bandwagon, all the critics, they'll say, you know, he's good, but he's not the best. And that'll be the one thing that rings true this whole match, that Shawn Michaels is very good, but he's not and never will be the best. Can we agree that Bret Hart in that first vignette I'm talking about, it's just like the most honest man on the planet here. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's very like little line between character and reality for Brett a lot of the times. Uh, maybe that's why he took wrestling so seriously. They're, they're just overlap so much. Um, okay, so thank you for covering for me there. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. No problem. All right. Next episode, uh, season four, episode 12. We get matches um, from, it looks like this one. So yeah, the last week, uh, episode 11, Bret Hart beat Tatanka in another match Dave Meltzer would have given four stars if it were 2022 and this were AEW. It's really good. It, it was better than Miro versus Kingston, and he gave that one four, so <laughs> this might get four and a half. <laughs> um. But in this episode, Shawn Michaels takes on Leaf Cassidy, a.k.a. Al Snow. Bret Hart comes out for commentary, and this match is a banger. It's just like this great 10-minute match, man. What did you think? Um, honestly, I must have missed this. I, I see it now, but I have zero notes, and I don't remember seeing Al Snow. <laughs> so I must okay. have watched that one. So here's what it is. Like, uh, they're in San Antonio, Texas. Shawn Michaels, you know, tells San Antonio that they're going to bring the first world championship home to San Antonio. WWF champions never held has ever been from San Antonio. And then he introduces his mentor and then Jose Lothario walks out from the back to the crowd. He gets a good ovation. He reiterates San Antonio, we're going to bring the first world title home to you. Crowd cheers again. And really good match. Uh, also gets the swank looking spine buster during it. It's great. Bret Hart comes out for commentary, and again, he's like in full ace mode here. He's scouting Sean. Um, he puts Sean over huge and says he's the greatest athlete in wrestling, but he's not the toughest because Bret's the toughest. <laughs> uh, Vince brings up how Sean got beat up by nine thugs in Syracuse, which Brett shoots back with. There aren't nine guys in all of Syracuse that would have the guts to jump on me. <laughs> um, in another cool spot, Leaf does, like, they do a split screen where Brett's watching the match, and Leaf Cassidy does a superplex to Shawn Michaels, and Brett kind of, like, wryly smiles at that, and Vince says, like, you're smiling, seeing that, and Brett goes, I mean, that's one of my moves, you know? And so it's sort of this like cool thing where you're saying like, okay, so that worked. Mental note. <laughs> Use the superplex. That really took it out of him there. And the ending of this is really... Um, oh, also one little line. Vince brings up how this match is taking a toll on Shawn Michaels. And Brett says, well, lately everything's been taking a toll on Shawn Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. Uh, any of the matches is really cool. So Marty Jannetty comes out because it's the new rockers with Leaf Cassidy and Marty Jannetty. Sean's old partner's Jannetty. So that's like this cool overlap thing. Um, and Leaf Cassidy throws Sean into the corner and Marty grabs Sean's tights like he's holding him there. And Brett goes like, See, come on, this is the stuff that bothers me. And Brett, like, puts down his headset. He walks over to Janetti and he shoves him off. Like, what the heck are you doing? And Janetti, like, doesn't want to screw with Brett. So he just sort of, like, backs off. Cassidy charges in. Sean casually moves out of the way. Hits the super kick. One, two, three, match over. Now, Sean jumps out of the ring. And he has to walk past Brett to get to Marty. So he's going to get in Marty's face. So he kind of shoves Brett aside. And Brett shoves Sean, like, turns him around after Sean goes past him. He's like, don't you touch me. What the heck, man? <laughs> and Vince is on commentary. He's like, Brett Hart's picking a fight. No, wait. Wait, Sean Michaels is picking a fight. I, and so it's just sort of this thing where they're in each other's faces. And then Jose Lothario, uh, the super sock, gets between the two. And so Sean listens to his mentor and backs up. And Brett you know, respectful of the legends, his family wrestling history. He sort of like backs up to and nods at Jose. And then Vince goes to interview Brett and um, Brett, you know, um, Vince says, I don't think Sean appreciated that. And Brett says, I don't think he fully understood what just went down there. And he says, and this is cool, you know, like at the very beginning, they've been saying they were friends, right? And Brett here says, like, I consider Shawn Michaels a friend, not a great friend, but I don't consider him an enemy. But it says in the 60 minute Iron Man match, he's going to have no choice but to pound him into oblivion. And he finishes it with, like, I always think it's fun when Bret Hart does, like, something where he'll call a guy like a big dummy to end a promo or something like that. <laughs> so he ends this one by saying, like, Shawn Michaels, 60 minutes, I'm going to punish him. So bad. <laughs> I was like, that stuff. Um, later in the show, Doc Hendricks, this was during a period where like he would sing to the live crowds and they would just show like five seconds of it. He's singing Bad Street USA here, the old fabulous Freebirds theme when he was in them. So that was kind of cool. And the final and probably best training vignette. 11 years ago, Shawn Michaels' quest to become the WWF champion began right here in this old on, San Antonio sweatbox of a gym under the watchful eye of Mexican legend Super Sock, Jose Lothario. Okay, give me five more, five more. Four. To realize his dream, Shawn Michaels will face the fight of his life this Sunday night at WrestleMania 12. To become champion, he'll have to take his game to the next level, a level that few superstars have ever experienced. Shawn Michaels knows that the greatest match of his life must come this Sunday night. If his training regiment is any indication, Shawn Michaels and Super Sock are ready. I'm not gonna bring you all the way out to Anaheim, California unless you get see New World Wrestling Federation champion. It better be true. It'll happen. It better be true. I give you my word. Okay. I hope you're right. I promise. All right. <laughs> Appreciate it. For Sean, the preparations for the Iron Man match are behind him, and the challenge awaits this Sunday night. Since the age of 12, it has possessed him.
haunted him, made him what he is today. The young child, now a man, still consumed by the undying dream. Day after day, week after week, year after endless year. In the Iron Man match, one unforgettable hour will define a lifetime of yearning. What becomes of the man when he finally fulfills his dream? What becomes of the boy if he doesn't? Sweat, desire, perseverance, it all paid off. The belt is testament to that, but the passion lingers. It must, for his champion, he is beloved, immortalized, larger than life. But one day, the memories will become greater than the dreams. After one arduous hour in the Iron Man match, will we still revere him, cheer him, call him champion? Or will he become mortal, like us? The WWF champion is recognized as the king of the jungle. But as king, he is in reality the prey, and every challenger, the predator. This is his big moment. This is his chance to uh, to steal it all, you know, to be the world champion. He's been waiting probably his whole life for this moment. And for me, I knew sooner or later it was going to come down to this. I mean, I, I knew Shawn Michaels three or four years ago. I said, this is going to be the guy that's going to try to uh, take my spot. You know, I, I went through the same kind of thing. I, th I think I kind of went through the same kind of thing with Randy Savage. You know, I thought Randy Savage was really good, and all of a sudden, one day I was knocking on his door, and the uh, next thing I was passed, I passed him. And then, you know, you look back and you go, there's the guy that's gonna come back and knock on my door, and he's knocking right now, but I, unfortunately, I'm not ready to leave yet. He's been in this situation before, but he's come up short. And the reason is, is because he, I think he gets a little overconfident. He gets a little irrational when, when, they, when you start putting the pressure on, and you put it on, and you put it on, and you put it on, sooner or later, he makes his mistake and then it's over. First lick, it's the key to the match. Whoever gets that first shot in. And uh, the way I see it, it'll be me. And it'll be me waiting to capitalize on his first mistake. And when he makes that first mistake, and I go ahead one fall to nothing, then he's gonna start trying to do everything he can think of to tie it up. And when that happens, he's gonna make another mistake. And after he makes the second mistake, then all I have to do is either sit back and play it defensively, or I can put him right out of the picture altogether and just pawn him into oblivion. I'm gonna do whatever it takes to win. I'm not in this thing, it's not a popularity contest. It symbolizes who is the actual best wrestler in the whole World Wrestling Federation. Who's the best wrestler? Shawn Michaels is gonna be the guy that comes to take my place. And he said, I think I went through the same kind of thing with Randy Savage. And like historically, this is like perfect. Because if you go to SummerSlam 92, Randy Savage is WWF champion, but Bret Hart's the one in the main event. And, um, th gosh, it's like two months after that. Maybe six weeks. Six weeks after that. Savage is ex-WWF champion. He lost it to Ric Flair. And Bret Hart is current WWF champion. He beat the guy that beat Randy Savage. So that line is it's great. It rings really true. And it's also... During all these billionaire Ted skits, it's cool hearing somebody talk about Macho Man in a respectful way. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, 
And so Brett kind of subtly, um, not subtly, but he hints at their history. And he says, Sean's been here before, but he always has come up short because he gets overconfident, he gets irrational, and then he makes his mistake and it's over. And then with a wry smile, Brett goes, first lick. It's the key to the match. Whoever gets that first lick in is going to win. And so this is where Brett, like, again, telegraphs the whole match, and especially at the end of the 60 minutes, he says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit back and wait for Sean to make his first mistake. And he's going to do that, and I'm going to go up one fall to nothing. And when that happens, then he's going to get desperate. And that's when he's going to make his second mistake. And then acknowledging that Shawn Michaels is more popular than him at the moment, he says, this is not some popularity contest. This is about who is the best wrestler. And then that episode ends with the You Start the Fire video for Bret Hart, which I love so much, but I'm completely biased and it's probably dorky. <laughs> what did you think about it? Yeah, it's not as bad, like I said, as the first one. Um, I feel like it's more... Uh, acceptable for the time you know what I mean like like I wouldn't watch it now but um, it made more sense back then as opposed to the other the Sean one that was just like I don't know who would ever think this is good but but yeah I, I miss those I miss those music videos for <laughs> for building up Wrestlemania uh, especially yeah. when they're songs that are not existing thought right i mean those are those were written for that right <laughs> as far as i right. gather um it's not like it's a a lincoln park song or something like that it's just, <laughs> no this is all about wrestling <laughs> um it's kind of funny but yeah yeah yeah, and it's uh, the video is sort of about like Vince introduces it by saying the celebrity of Bret Hart, and so it's showing him at like charity auctions, press conferences, signing autographs, getting mobbed like multiple different times by people. It shows him on the set of the Lonesome Dove TV show. Shows the director holding a Bret Hart T-shirt and trying to get a picture with him. Um, yeah, I loved it. And so this is where we get to that Slam Jam promo that you brought up, the cozy one. Bret Hart faces the challenge of Shawn Michaels and his clique and the boyhood dream. But for Shawn to realize that dream, he has to defeat the greatest WWF champion of all time, Bret Hart, who each week has gotten more intense. It's going to be a war. Don't kid yourself. Right now, let's talk to Bret Hart. Shawn Michaels, you be sorry that you ever crossed my path. And I know a lot of people are going to have a big problem with that. But I'm sorry. The excellence of execution has got one obligation. And that obligation is to support my fans. And I'm not going to disappoint my fans one bit. Anaheim, Shawn Michaels, your history. See? See the intensity in Bret the Hitman heart? And these tempers have been escalating. And that's sort of like the go-home. If all you watched was a Saturday morning show, that's the go-home thought is Bret saying, I'm going to wipe him out. There is one more thing after this. And this is, again, this is something I have on, but it's awesome. It is uh, the Action Zone from the day of WrestleMania. Did you ever watch Action Zone back in the day? I mean, I'm sure I did, but I don't remember much about it. Was it, it was from the day of? So this is the day of, yeah, like, um, it started out as, like, a show with some kind of cool wrestling matches. It ended up being, like, this hour-long sort of, like, recap show where they would 
cover it like news and it would be hosted by Todd Pentengo and Doc Hendricks and they would do these kind of fun, lighthearted, like funny skits. And they'd always do like a question of the week where they'd just get like quick little sound bites from like 10 to 20 guys. And so this one was like Brett Versant, who's going to win? Hitman. Heartbreak Hit. Brett March on Michael's Iron Man match, I would have to say... Both are fantastic athletes. Iron Man match, that's going to be very tough. You got Brett Hitman Hart. Can he get it in? Yeah! And also you got a kid that got a dream since he was 12 years old. Michael with a kid right where he wants to go! That's like asking me who would win between a Chihuahua and a Doberman Pinscher. I gotta go with Bret Hart. I think he's just a tougher all-around wrestler. Hitman? Kid. I would have to say Shawn Michaels. Both of them are going to be beat to a pulp. You know, that's something even the king doesn't know. But I know I hope and I pray that Shawn Michaels wins because I hate Bret the Hitman Hart's guts. Bret Hart. I should be in that match. Who am I going to bet on? Bret Hart. I like that man, but there's only one up Iron Man in the World Wrestling Federation, and that's going to be here. I'm going to beat Shawn Michaels to a pulp. Can I decide on who's cuter? I would say tune in and see. Owen Hart kind of dryly and flatly says, I should be in that match. <laughs> and then they go to um, Sean and Doc Hendricks, or Todd Penton going Doc Hendricks. And this I thought was really cool. Um, well, no question, a difference of opinion there. Doc, how do you see this one? The big Iron Man match. Oh, put me on the spot first, well, huh? Okay, I'll tell you how I do see it. It's going to be one of the all-time classic contests they will talk about for years and years. And one of those contests that you say, man, it's a shame that somebody has to lose. But since you asked me, I think definitely this is the question. Can Shawn Michaels defeat Bret Hart one time? Yes. Can Shawn Michaels defeat Bret Hart more times than Bret Hart can defeat Shawn Michaels? No. We're talking about the equivalent of the NBA Finals, the World Series, a best of seven. Shawn Michaels has a dream. I don't think it will be realized tonight. I think he might have his day in the sun another day. Not tonight. Tonight you'll see why Bret Hart is the legend. Tonight Shawn Michaels will find out why Bret Hart is the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Of course, on the other side of that coin is this question. Can the hitman Bret Hart beat Shawn Michaels once? Absolutely. Can he stay with him for 60 minutes? The physical conditioning of the heartbreak kid? Not in my opinion. Shawn Michaels wants to beat a man. Today, Bret Hart's the man. For a few more hours at least. In my opinion, when the dust clears, the heartbreak kid and that childhood dream come to fruition tonight. And the World Wrestling Federation gets a brand new champion in the heartbreak kid. Since chills up your back just thinking about it, man. It's going to be absolutely awesome. The countdown is on. They give each guy's take, and this is how they end the show. And then in this kind of cool, it seemed like a real moment, each guy's kind of look at each other and go like, man, I'm really excited. Like, Taco's like, yeah, like chills. <laughs> and then they kind of mm -hmm. go back to the show. Um, but yeah, it really sets the stage well as far as like, you know, for a real sporting event, you're picking the winner and it makes sense. Each guy's reasoning makes sense. You know, again, like the things we love, it makes sense. It's not just there. <laughs> you reason it out and it makes sense. So I'm lo I am love the build to this feud. Overall, so far, before we talk about the match, how have you liked the build? 
Um, yeah. It's a, <coughs> sorry. I like I like the whole the fact that they they both respect each other a lot, but they they still get a lot of digs in without it being like a big. You know what I mean? It's not like uh, nasty or anything like that. It's just kind of like enough to to highlight the differences um, and to also, <laughs> you know, of course you, you think you're going to win. You know what I mean? Why wouldn't you? Um, so I like that part about it. I, I really like, I kept thinking though about just like the where Sean was, you know, the couple years before then, like, if if this had been done without Syracuse, um, would it have been the same? Like, would it have been just like a whole Sean um, versus like the clean cut, you know, Brett thing? And it would have, I, I felt like, wouldn't have been as good uh, if that would have been the case. So obviously, don't want anything bad to happen to anybody, but um, kind of a blessing in disguise. The whole because I feel like it really endeared him to a lot of fans and made Vince kind of take a a second look at him as a, not only a baby face, but a, as like the top guy, you know? Um, I think so too. Um, yeah. So I, I also feel like that makes it feel a little bit more special. I mean, I, I obviously love heels, um, but that's, that's done pretty much every year. Obviously like that's the, the stories that we get. So I felt like it was a little bit, more special the fact that it wasn't that same same thing so i agree i agree so before the match they announced that gorilla monsoon who had been the interim president for like the last eight months or so is first of all this is his first appearance back since january when he got attacked by vader and piper was taking his place they announced that gorilla monsoon is now the official president of the wwf and cue the ominous music here because he's about to screw Bret Hart too. <laughs> um, so, Josh, I have like six pages of notes, man. I'm going to let you take the lead on this. I think the only thing I really need to talk about is I can talk about some a couple key points, but why don't you take the lead on the Iron Man match? Are you sure? I mean, don't, yeah, don't please. Like, hesitate on, uh, on any of your stuff, but... Um... I'll bring up like three things when we get to them. Yeah, I I was just gonna say like yeah if if we're so we're there. Um, what you know the first thing that really needs to be kind of highlighted is Sean's entrance, right? Um, oh yeah. So you so you hear Sean's music and um, Jose walks out. And you're kind of like uh, okay, what's going on and. Um, he basically gets out to the ring and then just points up to the ceiling. And yeah, Sean's up top um, and the Raptors in a phenomenal uh, uh, ring attire. It's a white thing um, that he's got going on. Yeah. And Zoe brings uh, up how the bad guys always wear black, by the way. And Bret Hart's wearing black in this match. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Zoe, Zoe knows. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and he comes down on a freaking zip line, and it it's looks awesome. incredible. I mean, it's like one of the best, if not the best, uh, WrestleMania entrances ever. So, um, yeah, 
If this is at number one to this day, it's probably that other Shawn Michaels entrance from WrestleMania 25, where he like descends down from heaven essentially <laughs> to fight, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fight the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, and then Brett walks out, and then I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, no. Like Brett's the traditionalist. Yeah, so he walks straight yeah. through the curtain like a class act instead of a showboat. But the yeah, like the crowd comes like unglued for Shawn Michaels, but then they do for Bret Hart too. So it's a yeah. really great atmosphere. It's one of those things too where you're like, I don't know. I, I always think of this, especially since then, is like, well, we know who's gonna win. <laughs> like, why would they have this amazing all-time like entrance for like a dud? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean. They've definitely had ones where somebody just rode out on a motorcycle or something like that, and it's just kind of like, okay, like nothing happened. But um, but this one especially was like, this is something, again, just something special. Um, so, so yeah, so we have the awesome thing you mentioned earlier with Earl Hepner giving in the rules, super kind of classic shot of them. Uh, all together in the ring with uh what is it, what is brett brett like winks at somebody in the crowd or something like that uh, oh, yeah okay so this is what i wanted to bring up when you were talking about sean comes out to scout and maybe because he's taking it more seriously and brett's a little bit more laid back about it right yeah so the difference is like this is definitely sean's moment like this is the biggest match of his career brett talks about the kind of tide of momentum rising against them but Brett's the three-time champion. He's been here before. He's had the big matches. He's lost right? the belt three times. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Twice. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like, you know, he's not a stranger to, like, the big fight atmosphere. So when you see each guy, Sean's, like, zoned in, stoned face. Jose the Lothario is sort of massaging his shoulders. And cooling him down. And Sean just looks like he's in the most serious moment of his life right now. Bret Hart, first thing he does is like gives a thumbs up to like some fan in the crowd. You hear some guy yell, we love you, Bret. And then they do a close-up close of Bret's face. And he winks. And I think it was at his son, you know. But like you hear Vince go like, Bret's cool. <laughs> Bret's always cool under pressure. <laughs> and... um. I just thought that was like this great little thing. Again, the contrast between the two. One is that for Sean, this is like everything. And for Brett, it's sort of like Okada Omega. You know, we compare them to Brett Sean earlier, right? Yeah. This is Okada in the Dominion match. Seemed like, you know, everybody thought that Omega match from Wrestle Kingdom was great, but I've had a lot of great matches. Mm-hmm. And so this is Brett being like, I, yeah, yeah. Give me the instructions before the match. I know what they are. Let's get to it. Yeah. Don't don't show any respect to your referee. Just kind of ignore him. He's not being disrespectful. He's being quiet. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I'm not I, listening, but <laughs> I actually thought of Omega earlier. I think it was the um, I think it was the interview at his at Sean's house. Just something, you know. I'm sure Omega loved him and has watched a million promos and stuff, but something the way that he was talking reminded me of Omega, and I feel like that's a really uh, accurate comparison is is the 
storied champion of Okada and Brett um, with a like young brash guy um, coming up, and also can't help but respect um, each other. You know what I mean? Um, so, so yeah. So they they give the rules. Like I said, Brett wasn't listening, so he didn't hear that there has to be a winner. No, nope, they didn't say um, it. They didn't say it. How dare you? <laughs> I definitely don't remember if I remember what it's. I mean, it's just like kind of the normal like no no kicks to the groin, be home for dinner kind of rules uh, <laughs> for that Earl, Earl gives. Um, yeah, is, Earl Hebner's is the referee here. How many times yeah. does he get to screw poor Brett? I mean, Earl Hebner, fine, upstanding citizen, um, hates never, Canada, hates anybody with the last name Hart. <laughs> Anything wrong in his life? Illegally sold merchandise. Um, they they purposely picked the most respected uh, referee for this match, so that they knew there wouldn't be any shenanigans. Um, yeah, makes sense to me. You know, before Sean fights Austin at WrestleMania 14, how he dedicates the match to Earl Hebner, like supposedly it's because Earl Hebner was in the hospital. How do we know it's not because Sean knew? Like, well, Earl's not here to help me screw Steve Austin. <laughs> Yeah, they're uh, forever buddies after WrestleMania 12, I'm sure. Um, Yeah, if you've been spit on by Bret Hart, you know, there's like a bond there. There's a bond. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This match flies by. Like, the mat wrestling portion lasts like a good 20 minutes, and... It's funny, there's some spot, 35 minutes in, this, there are like three all-time highlight reel spots from this match, right? Mm-hmm. Like, one is where, um, no, there's four, I think, at least four. But um, the one where Sean jumps off the top rope onto Brett on the outside, like all the way across the ring to the other side of the length of the ring and lands on yeah, Brett, right? Crazy. Um, yeah, that's, why the heck did I just bring that up? Well, <laughs> Um, I don't know, but that I, that's kind of how I was thinking about talking about it. it was really, I mean, it's, I mean, it's oh. just like, <clears throat> go ahead. Did you remember? I did. Yeah, sorry. I was gonna say like the match flies by. So in my head, because I hadn't watched this match in a while, I'm like, okay, so that spot happens like first like ten minutes of the match. It's actually yeah. thirty five minutes. In. <laughs> I had the I had the same thing happen. Um, I was telling you, I I watched it again tonight, literally like a couple hours ago. Um, the the spot that I, I always remember, one of the ones I remember the most is when um, Sean Irish whips Brett into the corner and then charges at him, and Brett essentially does a back body drop. I mean, it's a little bit more you know flashy and, mm-hmm. and Sean. I mean, Sean crashes into the camera, so it's kind of hard to see. They do show it again. I think it's yeah. Um, I think it's the next night on Raw. I remember seeing They're it showing out a replay during this match. Just too. Imme- immediately after, just like okay. a different angle. Yeah. Um, but that I mean, it just looks like like it looks like Brett botches because he lands so crazy. But you know that Brett doesn't botch, <laughs> and like really neither does Sean. So it's just. It's amazing because it's so dangerous, and they they both like essentially trust each other. That that's one of the things that I really like noted in this match. This viewing was just like 
you know, all the like stuff about like them not liking each other or respecting blah blah blah, but really like they both trust each other like so much in this match because it's, I mean, it's at this point for sure. And I said like an hour was not a common thing at all. And like, no, be, I don't think it has ever yeah, happened in WF for at least in I thought, 30 years. Yeah, I thought that you had said once that I had, I, I couldn't remember, but yeah, it's not like even now, I mean, it's still rare, but um. Like they they definitely get gassed, you know what I mean? Like it's uh, unrealistic expectation to say that they wouldn't, but not in they like they look terrible. It's just kind of like they have to take some breaks and you know, but yeah. all of that like they're still doing. I mean, in the last minutes, they're still doing crazy stuff that most people wouldn't do in the first two minutes of a of match, um, and it just really like highlights them knowing that the other one can pull it off you know and not and do it safe that's obviously like a big thing for brett is like safety and making sure that um uh, they can do it and not risk each other's health and, and that kind of thing so yeah um, there are like so many layers to this match too um um one of them is like essentially brett's strategy like he wants to wear sean down so he keeps coming back to like these wear down holds and jerry lawler the ex-wrestler is really selling like he's explaining like people don't realize how much these take out of you and the cool thing at the end is you know like they're both winded but like sean is like sweating up a storm because he's been in these wear down holds the whole match and so in like the last 10 minutes, you get the sound bite where like, you know, Sean throws Brent to the turnbuckle and he throws him really hard. Brett does his like best ever turnbuckle pump, right? Where he runs full speed instead of the turnbuckle yeah. and the ring moves like three inches. Um, it's not like collapses off the throw and Lawler says like, Sean Michaels has to put every ounce of er energy he has into every move he's doing right now. And that's a believable line because, like, he Sean just looks like he's beat to death, <laughs> like he's yeah. hanging up by a thread. Um, <laughs> one spot, and like you brought up the cool thing the backdrop where Sean, where Brett backdrop Sean over the steel uh pole and to the outside of the ring, right? Super dangerous looking. Yeah. That they do something similar in the Omega Okada match, was which is another cool yeah. time, but um. The other thing I loved is the spot where Brett backdrops Sean over the top rope again, and he lands on Jose Lothario. Yeah. And it's kind of like an accident, and Bret Hart turns around and does his post to the crowd, like, how about that? <laughs> and then Bret Hart, because he's my hero, jumps out of the ring, and as Jose is getting up, he throws Sean into the post on an Irish whip, which again makes him run into Jose. And then he yells at Jose to get out of the way. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> real uh, real hero here. Dude, he's my hero, man. <laughs> what a cool guy. <laughs> no, I love that. And he he um kind of like I don't know, like barks at him a little bit. I think I think Vince says that he's like screaming at him or something like that. Yeah, there's some point where Brett has been like a chin lock and like he yells and he's like Brett Hart's yelling at Jose Lanier. <laughs> so good. Like what what could your beef with Jose Lanier possibly be? But yeah, um, 
Sean's a callback in this match too. Like Sean hits a perfect plex. Both guys had had a major SummerSlam match with Mister Perfect, so that was cool. Yeah. Uh, Brett drops a second rope elbow into the lower back because he spent the whole match working on the lower back. Um, yeah, but we talked about that being cool. Um, Sean, oh, okay. Here's a theme of this match that I never noticed until I watched it with the notes, and this is why Brett and Sean are like the two best ever because like when you study it almost in an academia type of world i i got more out i love the match more than ever when i sat here taking notes about it okay there's a running theme through this match of bret hart being the ace being the master technician of him learning on the fly right so anything that sean does more than once bret hart will counter and oh, then yeah. at the end of the match it gets deeper because then Sean starts countering Bret Hart's counters <laughs> to like the original move. So like the one example is um, in the beginning of the match, like Sean does all this really state of the art arm work. Like he does more variations of cool looking arm holds than in any match I've ever seen. And he jumps off and I think he's trying to, the commentaries miss this beat, but He's weakening the arm so he can't pull back on the sharpshooter quite as strongly, right? So he does a double axe handle off the top rope to Brett's shoulder that he's been working on, right? He goes up later for another double axe handle, and that's where Brett does that great gut punch you talked about where he gets yeah. him right in the back. <laughs> okay, so then towards the end of the match... Uh, Shawn Michaels goes back up to the top rope and he gets in the moonsault position like he's going to do a backflip. And so Bret Hart like preps for the moonsault, but instead Shawn jumps up, turns in midair, and just does a double axe handle to the head. And because Bret's prepped for the moonsault, he can't counter it and it connects. And then a minute later, Shawn goes up back into like, you know, the moonsault position and Bret's ready for the axe handle, but this time Shawn actually does the moonsault. So now we're getting counters to the counters of the counters. <laughs> it was brilliant, yet it was so well done. And paying attention, like, they earned that by the time they got to the end because Brett kept countering all Sean's second attempts at things. Yeah. Um, and then at the very end, you know what I mean? Like, very, very end, he does the um, chin music. And then, like you said, if he, up until that point, had been countering it, and then, like doesn't you know what i mean like can't counter it that last time it's just like kind of one more like layer there where it's like sean got the best of them um, yeah there there's a deep thing in that moment too that um i'll get to when we talk about it more in the seg is there anything else yeah there's i, I mean uh, i love the um chin music to the camera man <laughs> all-time spot um, all-time highlight reel spot sean like freaking sells it so well like he <laughs> i i don't know again like a thin line between the character and the real person but he looks pissed <laughs> you know what i mean that he like got in the way and essentially doesn't like care at all if he actually hurt him um here i had a few others i love the line we're like deep 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 into the match like around the 50 minute mark both guys are down i mean it's like 55 minutes and they're both just like flat on their back they're exhausted and Shawn michaels nips up 
And I think Jerry Lawler this was like, Shawn Michaels just got his 19th wind in that moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, the thing where Shawn, you know, likes to look beat up, like he gets to do 10 times more in this match. Because, I mean, he, I, I, I wanted to, like, time how much of the match, like, Brett was in control. I felt like it was, I don't know, 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Like, it seemed like quite a bit. Um, that he was on top and Sean was just getting the crap beat out of him. Um, it was like, I'll say Sean at this point, I made a note. Like, I think Sean Michaels is the best bumper of all time because he's just like flying all over, man. He, he looks like he's getting creamed. Every blow looks like it's just taking all the fight out of him. Like it's art watching Sean Michaels yeah. take. <laughs> I, I was like, obviously I know what happens, but I'm like, is he gonna freaking lose because he legit can't kick out? You know what I mean? Like, because of how much punishment he's taking, like he literally just can't get the shoulder up that quickly. Um, there's a spot I love. It's looks like twelve ish minutes left, um, where Brett is just kind of starting to look a little pissed off. You know, mm-hmm. that, like, um, what else do I have to do kind of vibe. And I think he's, like, got his arms on the ropes. It's when Sean's outside the ring. And um, he starts to look, like, around at the crowd. And they don't say it, like, it's not super obvious, but it's essentially kind of, like, why are the fans not cheering for me? You know what I mean? Um, right. Which obviously goes into, like, the rest of the whole feud. But I love that part because I don't, I don't know if I'm, I might be reading too much into it, but it's right after that where um, he breaks the count for Sean. Uh, yeah. Oh, dude, that's really great. Like, like, Brett is a freaking, I mean, he, what is it, the general or whatever? <laughs> what is he's like? A he's the general, yeah. That's why I raised and, the uh, <laughs> He literally could have won. <laughs> like, because, I mean, countouts counted, right? I mean, that would have been a... Um, a point for him and he literally like stops the ref from I think he does I think you and I didn't really understand that either I thought like maybe Sean's really hurt but I think you just nailed the reason because like the fans do kind of like you know they're not cheering him they're sort of like this mixed reaction like you're gonna take the first fall by a count out and Right, you know, the whole time saying this isn't a popularity contest it's about who's the best wrestler I think he had that moment where he's like okay okay let's do it inside the middle of the ring like where he does even despite what he wants to he does care about what the fans think because right like he'll say later i'm not greedy for money i'm greedy for respect yeah it's a different kind like it's not um yeah it's not like he wants to be the the high school like popularity it's more if if he's not getting cheered it also means that people aren't respecting him Um, right which in that in that moment is a really cool like he's like all right fine you know i'll i'll take him inside the ring and i'll be able to win either way which of course he doesn't and it's kind of like a um you know just a a missed opportunity or whatever for him so i love that he doesn't but he kind of (laughs) does he doesn't james check the check the record book <laughs> um yeah so that there's another one right after that where 
<laughs> Sean's like starting to fight back and Brett's basically just not letting him have an inch. Um, mm-hmm. and he's oh, that Brett, awesome. or, so like yeah. four punches and you've brought up yeah. before on the podcast how Brett has like the best punches of all time. Yeah. I made it know that too. Like Brett punches him once in the stomach and then once in the kidneys across the lower back. And like the first one makes Sean bend over. The second one just puts him flat on his face on the ground. Yeah. And, it, and then he, um, Sean starts punching him from his knees. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I love that part because it just looks so like, I, I think Kenny might have had, somebody had something like that in a, a more recent match where it's like, they're just destroyed, but they're still fighting back as much as they can. And Brett looks like a million bucks because he's 50, you know, 50 minutes into an Iron Man match and it's the one standing over Shawn Michaels, you know. Um, the yeah. whole thing is just perfect. <laughs> so good. All right. Um, so there is, I, it'll, I'll suck this into uh, something like both guys to go like way, way deep into their moveset, like do stuff that I've never seen either of them do in any other matches, maybe one or two in some of the instances, right? Yeah. Like um, Sean does the moonsault. I think the only time he ever did that again was against Vader until the comeback run. Um, Brett does a picture perfect German suplex with a bridge. That was yeah. amazing. Sean does a gut wrench power bomb. Yeah, uh, that was the one I was saying. The freaking Pearl River plunge that he does. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's, good. Yeah, I was like, put that into your moves, that man. Yeah, yeah, he did it perfectly. He did it perfectly. Uh, speaking of, mention the perfect plex. Brett does this, and Sean does that. Brett does this like weird thing where like he climbs to the top, puts Sean in front of him, holding him up, and then like jumps off the top rope with his knee in Sean's neck the whole time, and they crash into the official. And so it just looks like Brett was trying to drive his knee into Sean's like neck and shoulders, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But it was something different. Um, and yeah, the moonsault, I don't think Sean had ever used it before this match. I can only ever remember him using it again against Vader when he won at SummerSlam 96. Um, and yeah, like, of course, and then the classics, like Brett's elbow, the inverted atomic drop, Sean's flying elbow, um, the flying forearm, it, all the classics are there, but all this deep cut stuff. And here's, this is my favorite one, because it plays into the finish, and it's perfect for the reference to Survivor Series. Sean does a Hunican Rana before this move had a name, Right. Uh, this is again the Mexican training. This is a move popularized in Mexico. Um, head scissors flip over and he hooks the legs as best he can and Brett kicks out at two. But it's close, right? So um, this kind of goes into the finish of the original timeline. But before we go here, is there anything else you want to cover from the main match? Because, man, there's um, so much goodness. Just the, um, the superplex. I think it's like six minutes left i don't know there there's a few times where even though i've seen it before i'm watching it, i'm like okay they're pretty much just gonna coast from now i mean they they can't like keep going you know going going all out and yeah. uh i think it is like it's like five or six minutes left <laughs> Brett freaking superplexes him and i'm just like what the hell i don't i always think that that move looks 
you know, like it hurts more than a lot of other ones. Um, and and it looks amazing. So, and that was the, the thing you mentioned where he kind of laughed and was like, that's my move, you know? Um, yeah. So it was cool. Callback yeah. There. That was a cool but, callback. Yes, yes. Um, Hunican Rana didn't work the first time. So again, this whole match, they keep doing, if Sean tries something more than once, Brett's going to counter it. And so they'd kind of twist that towards the end, like, well, Shawn might counter the counter. But here's what happens. Shawn Michaels, you know, like, in the last two minutes, the match is all his. And so now, like, it's Shawn versus the clock. And all to Brett, all he has to do is last the next two minutes, right? And so Shawn's trying everything. He's going way deep into the arsenal. He can't get a three count. And so he climbs to the top rope. And I guess because the Hunican Rana into the pin had come so close before, he goes for it again. What happens when he jumps for it this time is Brett steps back, just like at Survivor Series 92 when Sean went for the drop kick and Brett stepped back. Brett catches the legs, steps through, just like Brett did to uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley when Sean, that first week after the interview, where Sean's like, I know this ending, and he walks off. That's exactly how it ends. And to take that back to the Brett promo, where Brett said, you know, like, I know this guy. He's going to get irrational. He'll make one mistake, and then it's over. And so this is where he makes the mistake. He gets desperate because he couldn't do it the whole match. There's less than a minute left. It's like 40 seconds, I think. Sean goes for the Hunican Rana second time. Brett counters to the sharpshooter. And Jerry Lawler, like because the match is so good, he hates Brett, but he's like laughing just because like yeah this is like the joyful thing it's like Bret Hart is still the World Wrestling Federation champion like can you believe this this is crazy almost like it's I loved it I thought it was great um and Shawn Michaels and again iconic Wrestlemania moment holds on he doesn't give up he lasts like 40 seconds in the sharpshooter Vince is like going apoplectic the whole time about how much pain he must be in. And then the bell rings, 60 minute time limit is up. That's the end of the match. And that's the end of the match. And that's why Brett's the best there is, best there was for it. And so, it like what happens is like Earl Hebner calls for the belt. He gets the belt and Earl Hebner hands it to Brett. Like even Earl Hebner, the referee is assuming that's the match. That's the end of the match. And then Grill Monsoon, being the most fan-friendly president of all time, jumps in the ring. And he, apparently he thinks that WrestleMania shouldn't end in a draw. Just like The Rock at 27. What a couple of punks. So, Josh, you want to cover the uh, travesty of justice from here? <laughs> oh, sorry. Um... Yeah, so, so Brett walks back, um, starts to walk back, and right, you know, rightfully so, looks super exhausted. Um, he's given high fives. He's given high fives. He's still got a few fans left um, before before they all switch sides. Um, yeah, and and so they they announce 
is it um, Hinkle? Who is somebody announces uh, that that Gorilla said that even though uh, the match ended, it it will continue. Is what they say. Um, they say it must have. Well, no, they say it's under under sudden death. <laughs> yeah. There must there must, must be, a, be a winner. Must be a winner, which is what Piper said. And yeah, we all no, no, he that. never did. He never and, did. Uh, <laughs> um, there, you know, there's going to be a winner, but the, I mean, he I never said, and I'm putting it in the rules. Br- Even well, the ref I mean, didn't know it. I would say Gorilla knew it because um, he wrote the rules. Um, oh, Gorilla Matsu is just being fan friendly. Blah blah. Wow. And Brett, um, I feel like we've talked about this before, maybe just like outside of the podcast, but he really does does look pissed off. <laughs> it really does look um, like surprised, which I I mean, they told him, right? It's not, it's not oh, yeah. the Montreal yeah. screw job, um, but he looks the exact same as he does in the screw job. You know what I mean? Like, just like, what the hell is going on? It, that's um, it. That's it too. Like you know, they get this great camera shot where like, it zooms in from the ring. Type Brett halfway down the aisle. Brett turns around and he mounts like what? Yeah, it's he's, great. And he goes up and he starts like going to Monsoon. Like what the? You know what the heck? <laughs> what are you talking about? I love it. Like it, he basically is just like looks so pissed, and then once he realizes he can't really do anything about it, he you know motions like why aren't we starting the <laughs> match again you know like ring the bell that's um, it you know, he's motioning for it i noticed that earl hebner doesn't even motion for it but brett carries so much weight i guess that the bell ringer's just like okay ring 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 brett's going for it he's like don't spit on me i'll ring the bell <laughs> and brett like and I love, I mean, he's, hits as he normally is he's like to yeah. another level here he just immediately starts going after Sean's back again. Uh, yeah, this, I, I remember the very end, but I don't know if there's stuff in between. Um, there's not much. Like he, does, right. he doesn't get the sharpshooter or anything like that again. No, um, he like punches the crap out of him, but like does this massive backdrop. And then, uh, yeah. okay, so this is the part I wanted to talk about, like, the counter to the counter to the counter to end the match, okay? So, all right. It, 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 do you care if I go over this really quick? No, you're fine. All right, cool. And I'll turn it over to you. So, earlier in the match, they're in the very beginning, like the first two to three minutes of the match, which is so cool because, again, Rhett's really good about this whole, like, establish the end at the very beginning, and it comes full circle. So, in the very beginning of the match, like, Brett throws Sean into the turnbuckles. It kind of, like, lightly jogs in. Well, while he's jogging in, Sean counters. And he, like, he bounces himself up holding the ropes. And he catches Brett with, like, his his ankles around Brett's head. And then he does a head scissors and Brett flies out of the ring. And Brett, like, slaps the outside mat in frustration. Like, gosh, darn it. And so, but then later in the match, now that's... That's incident number one. Like, Sean counters Brett's charge when Brett's jogging. Incident number two is later in the match, Sean does a leapfrog, and Brett goes under it. And then Sean goes to do another leapfrog, but Brett, like, doubles his speed coming off the ropes, 
and he catches Sean on his way up and he slams him down to the mat with a spine buster. And he tries to put on the sharpshooter and it doesn't work. But the lesson to Brett there is if I speed up, that's going to eliminate his ability to counter. He can't like he's faster than me. Like Brett had talked about that in the build, like Phil Michaels is faster than me. And there um, are some instances of that in this match, but he figures out like, but I'm still pretty fast and my my speed is faster than his ability to jump. So if I speed up, I can catch him. And so the first time he jogged, it didn't work. Second time he ran, sped up, and he caught Sean dead to rights. And so this time um, he throws Sean into the turnbuckle and Sean goes to like leap over. And so Bret Hart again like speeds up all of a sudden, but this time Sean is just a second quicker on his jump and he clears Bret. And so Bret being the ace stops himself from running chest first into the turnbuckle like he had done earlier in this match. Unfortunately, it would have been better for him if he hadn't countered the pain he was about to endure. Because when he turns around, Sean's waiting. And that's the counter to the counter to the counter. And Sean hits the first super kick. And just that little detail, again, that was another one where I'm like, man, they really earned this ending. I never noticed it before. How, like, they telegraphed it, like, at the beginning of the match, and then the middle of the match, and then it plays out in the end. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was great. So good. Yeah. Anyway, Josh, go ahead, man. Wrap us up. Yeah, so he's, he's too kind of exhausted um, to cover him, which is, like, a kind of a classic, you know, um, false finish or whatever where it's like if he was able to pin him he could have won um i don't know so i think it's i think i probably would have thought okay that means they're gonna do the sharpshooter it's gonna be done but essentially like they both get to their feet and he just gets him again um with chin music and immediately um pins him one two three um must be a winner and there was (laughs) and um yeah, boyhood dream came true for Shawn Michaels. Now there is Every, everyone's uh, happy. <laughs> I, there was something I kind of wanted. If you would like, paint me a picture here. Like going into this, how old are you? Are you watching it live? Um, are you anti-Brett at this point, or are you just so pro Shawn? Like, what's it look like to be Josh Heiser, the fan at this moment? <laughs> so. Ironically, I would I was twelve um, when this match happened. That's right. I, you count your WrestleManias. Yeah, I was born in nineteen eighty four, so I would have been twelve. Although I guess I would have been eleven because my birthday's not. But yeah, twelve ish. Um, I'm pretty sure. <coughs> excuse me. Sorry. I'm pretty sure I didn't watch it live um, because we we didn't have cable and I, it was pretty rare that we would have bought it somewhere like at a friend's house. Um, I think we did that more later on. So I probably would have got it from the video store, um, which I don't know how quickly that would have been. Um, maybe a month or so. But I definitely would have stopped myself from reading like WWE magazine, WWF magazine or anything like that beforehand. So I don't know. I might have got it spoiled from somebody at school, but um, 
I can't remember. So, but I definitely was. Um, I don't. I don't think I was against Brett really at that point, because um, I was an Owen fan, and I think just by like proxy, was a Brett fan. Um, and the way that they built this, you know, it wasn't like you had to like one or the other. So. It was almost just kind of like the Don Draper, I don't think about you at all kind of thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, so yeah, so, but when I actually watched it, I weirdly, that was like I got into Brett, you know what I mean? Because this match is so incredible. Um, and obviously was happy with the outcome, but was honestly kind of bummed that he disappeared <laughs> because that was like, he was probably like, no, now he's my second favorite. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And what are they going to do next? Are they going to do like a rematch? Or are they going to do like, you know, whatever, Brett and Owen again or whatever? Um, and I, I don't know. I, I know, I'm sure you know how long it was, but it felt like a long time uh, before he came back, um, got done crying in his beer over everything. And <laughs> there you go. <laughs> went all over the world, went to Germany and tried to so, find, him, find his smile. I mean, it's funny. Oh, yeah, you're one to talk about finding your smile. <laughs> um, like, it was only six months. Like, you know, this was April and um, he returned in late October, I think it was, to announce that he was going to fight the best wrestler in the WWF which was Stone Cold Steve Austin and not Shawn Michaels. Oh, yeah. yeah according to Brett. And, um, but because Brett was such a key part of the show since, like, 1991, 1992, like, one week without Brett feels like forever. So when he came back for Survivor Series, the main selling point of that show by a long shot was Brett's back. This is right. his comeback match. Um, yeah, and Shawn had like the good run and stuff but it wasn't like people were foaming at the mouth for Sid <laughs> Sid Sean you know what I mean I don't know I I was excited for Sid Sean oh, I was excited sure. for yeah. Sid Sean yeah yeah but like uh, yeah they I'll say they were I think people were excited for it but again like it wasn't you're right it wasn't as big as the Brett comeback um and so well, and that paired with like the rise of of Austin I'm sure helped too but. Yeah. So we had covered before how um whenever like Sean was out there watching Brett, he was clapping for him. Um when Brett was coming down to the ring at WrestleMania, Shawn Michaels was applauding him. He was copying for him. And after he wins the belt, you know, um two big really cool things happen here. So the first one is that Shawn Michaels, by the way, just has like great I I I don't know if posing is the right word, but his staging of him yeah. being awarded the belt is so perfect. And Bret Hart's kind of back to his feet at this point. Earl presents Sean with the belt when Sean's like on his knees, just looking exhausted to the end of the world. But he like accepts the belt and holds it to his heart. And Bret Hart just looks again, like pissed and just like jumps out of the ring. Yeah. And uh, some guy in the audience, they show Brett walking down the aisle. A guy throws a Canadian flag over Brett's shoulder. And Brett just, like, takes off and throws it off to the other side of the ring. It keeps on storming off. Yeah. And again, like, that's the thing where it's like, okay, he's pissed, right? 
<laughs> There's a real life thing that kind of probably played into that a little bit too, but just since we're about the kayfabe, we're about the story. Um, yeah, that that's the story. Like he's pissed that he lost the belt. Sean, well, and he's pissed that he lost it, like in that manner, right? Like yeah. I feel like I feel like Brett, like in that in his head there or whatever, it was like if he would have known that it was those rules, like he would have prepared for that. You know what I mean? And yeah. would have been able to overcome it. Like that was a huge part of it was that it was unfair. You know, it feels like an on the fly call. Like, you know, Vince McMahon said like Roddy Piper said there must be a winner, but the referee wasn't in on it, you know? So I, I, I feel it, you know, like I, I'd be pissed too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's great. But Sean, you know, like, Brett storms off after Sean does his celebrating, which is all looks awesome. You know, he wears the belt for a second. He looks really cool in it. Sean goes outside the ring and he starts shaking hands with Brett's family. He shakes hands with his son. Um, like all that, you know, shakes Stu's hand. It's great. Like Sean is sort of like the ultimate baby face here. He's doing all the good guy things. And Brett's kind of. The he, right he is he is like he's bitter about losing and he's not being a quote-unquote good sport but he yeah, feels like he got dumb. screwed and yeah brett if you feel like earl and sean screwed you here just hang on to your hat man <laughs> some role model for this kid you know if you lose you storm off and maybe like that's a little a baby like you know don't tolerate injustice <laughs> that's definitely what brad is teaching him here <laughs> um so the next thing on raw we get the new interview with the champion which was a raw tradition after mania interview the good guy world champion and um sean thinks the fans for the night before he by the way sean's wearing sequins and chaps and a baseball hat which i guess is his casual look right baseball hat <laughs> that says wwf champion Shawn michaels yep i thought that was I funny actually, I, looked, I looked that up on ebay today and couldn't find it <laughs> <laughs> you think that was supposed to be like a world series team like you know the next day they have the hats right whoever was a part of it um what do you think what do you think brett did with his hat i think <laughs> They're probably on clearance in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. <laughs> um, I liked how when Vince went to interview Sean, he said against Bret Hart, let's hear it for Bret Hart. Like the first thing Vince does is like say, everybody, let's cheer for Bret Hart. Yeah. And then uh, Sean takes a minute and he talks up Bret. The dream of a 12-year-old boy from San Antonio comes true. Just yesterday, let's talk about the Iron Man matchup with Brett the Hitman Hart, and let's hear it for the Hitman! Boom! Folks, this interview could go on forever. We got the WF dual airbags. You know something, Vin Man? I have Prince on God's green earth, and now I have Dance. In God's blue heaven. Last night, 
was the single greatest moment of my life. And I have these people, my clique, to thank for that moment. <laughs> got a lot of fans, all right? I got air conditioning. <laughs> Cooled it to him. I'd like to talk about something else. He's not finished with you yet, Sean. For Michael. years here in the World Wrestling Federation, we've heard about the Hitman. We've heard about the excellence of execution. All of us have been told time and time again about the man who claims to be the best there is, the best there was, and the best that there ever will be. I beat him. Well, Hitman, last night, my friend, you made a believer out of me. And Brett, if you're out there watching, you, my friend, will always be a champion in my eyes and in the eyes of the fans of the World Wrestling Federation. What's he kissing up to Bret Hart for? All right, but now... Hold on, Vin Man. I'm the champ. I'm not finished talking. You will be next week. I've been waiting for 11 years for this. You stand right there and let me finish. what I tell you, people? I want Brett to know, I want the Hart family to know, and I want the fans of the World Wrestling Federation to know that Shawn Michaels promises to wear this belt with the honor and the dignity and the class that Bret Hart did in the past. Which is such a babyface thing to say. Yeah, He doesn't bring up that he's going to near show his private parts to an audience with children in it while champion but it sounds good at the time yeah <laughs> yeah i thought that i thought that was funny um especially with brett like not being around like it's almost just like he can say whatever he wants <laughs> like brett's not there to defend himself or anything uh <coughs> excuse me um yeah, that was uh, one other thing in that little section is, and I don't know, I I didn't I didn't watch the next week, <laughs> but what's going on with Lawler? Like they're oh. teasing this Lawler match. I, I'm assuming that that wasn't for the title, right? <laughs> it, it it was non-title. It was just like, okay, here's the champion. We're gonna have him beat up this guy that everybody hates and um i think diesel came out and attacked sean during the match it was the oh, okay. next pay-per-view so weird right right <laughs> like but now triple h is gonna fight michael cole next week on raw what <laughs> <laughs> i mean lawler was a wrestler at least like he'd had a yeah. few threat with um doink <laughs> so. yeah that's true um so did you watch the this is, gosh, two episodes later. So 13 is where we get Sean's interview with the belt. Then there's a week where they do Sean versus Lawler. And then the next week, for the first time, we hear from Brett, but it's not in front of a live crowd. It's filmed on location on the banks of the Rhine River in Germany. Yeah. Like on a bridge. And Brett's just in like jeans and a leather jacket and a shirt, like a t shirt. And he's talking about losing the title. He's wearing shades. 
not the hitman shades, just black ones. And uh, he's kind of better here. And I kind of love this interview. What did you think of it? Yeah, I did too. Especially like, like I said, where you're wondering where bread is, you know what I mean? It's such a staple. Um, and it, it just, I don't know. I feel like it adds weight to everything that like, he essentially has to like take time off because he's just kind of wrecked from it. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They show footage of him like backstage after WrestleMania 12, right? Yeah. Like it shows him walk through the curtain and some guy's copying. He just ignores him and keeps on walking. It shows him like sitting in the locker room with his like his hands in his hair. And then he just looks up and it talks about like he wouldn't talk to the press. It shows him like yelling, get out at them like three times. So people you see him scrambling out of the room and then he gets in his car still sweating from the match in his tights no shirt on and just drives off away from the arena <laughs> yeah he's he's not a happy camper yeah um, and the first words out of his mouth when they say like get his thoughts on the iron man match and possibly his future the first words you hear him say are you know, there were a lot of things wrong about that match <laughs> so good you know, there, there's a lot of things that were wrong about that match. The the the, the match itself was uh, it wasn't beneficial to me, but that's fine. I accepted that, and I and I still accept that. Uh, the fact that if it was going to be an hour, sixty minute—that's what I hear—sixty minute Iron Man match. Well, it wasn't a sixty minute Iron Man match. It was a sixty-two minute Iron Man match. And if there was going to be overtime or sudden death or anything of that nature, why did they ring the bell in the first place? They should have just. Here, it's like I wait, I wait, and I wait, and I promise myself that I'm going to wait till this guy makes his one big mistake, and he does. He makes it at the 59-minute mark. He gets careless, just like I always. I know this guy. He's going to get careless, and he may, he and he and he makes that mistake, and then they got. It's almost like they have the nerve to come up after I've beaten him. You know, he didn't give up, but don't tell me. No one can convince me that he wasn't history. He was done. He was finished. In the middle of the ring, there was no ropes. There was no one in the world that could save him. There wasn't any way he was going to kick out or kick me in the face or anything. He was a beaten man. He knows it, and I know it. And uh, they rang the bell. And it's not my job to beat Shawn Michaels. I said that from the very, very beginning. It's my job to keep the title. It's his job to beat me. And he never did in the 60-minute Ironman match. I walked out of that ring. I should have kept on going back to the dressing room. And you know that it's that delay that little delay there of about two or three minutes of uh getting the match restarted and uh kind of getting my blood boiling and, and that's that's where i made my big mistake i think there's a certain part of me that uh has less and less yearning to even come back to it because i think i feel a little bit betrayed as always seems like every time i lose that damn title i'm a little bit betrayed but uh yeah, I'd like a title shot first thing tomorrow morning. You wake me up at five o'clock if you want. But yeah, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I just like he says he wrestling in the next day um, at five a.m. for the title. You know, yeah. it's kind of like I don't know the the like I'd wrestling at any time, but it's like he also adds in like for the title, <laughs> like. Yeah, it's like that's the um, it's level not about that he's on, and he's right now. yeah, right. Like he doesn't, he's above you know 
wrestling Lawler for no reason the next week or like he he deserves the the belt and is not going to settle for anything less. And I think the fact that he's he know you know in kayfabe <laughs> like knows that he's not going to get it then what he does is essentially fine I'm not going to be around at all. Um, it's like the kayfabe version of Austin, you know, like take your ball and go home kind of thing. Yeah. Um, oh, that's so. perfect. I loved it when uh, he said, you know, about the match. He's like, if it was going to be 60 minutes, that's what I keep hearing. 60 minute Iron Man match, which was a 62 minute Iron Man match. And if there was going to be overtime or anything like that, why did they bother ringing the bell in the first place? Which is a pretty great question because Shawn Michaels was theoretically dead to rights in the sharpshooter. Brett has a legitimate gripe here. Why wasn't this overtime decision made before the match? Why wasn't that made clear then? And why did we stop if that was going to happen? Um, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was so good. Yeah. Yeah, I really feel like he sells both sides, you know, like like mm-hmm. you said, his, his side over here. Um, and it, it just really helps add to the, the whole, like, vibe of, like, Sean being, like, prancy and, like, douchey, like, just kind of, like, that whole thing along with um, Brett being wronged and, like, being the uh, more honorable stand-up kind of old-school champion. Like, it's a really good um, mix that they have there. Yeah, I don't know. It sets up like a lot of fun stuff for the future, which you know they they do some of it, but also some of it. I feel like they 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 didn't go as far as far as they could have, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know some of that's because of like Brett leaving and everything, but but yeah, but that's I guess I guess that's the end of the um, first part of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the legacy else. of this legacy of this match. Just to talk about this really quick on the um, WrestleMania oh, yeah. all day long. If you have the WrestleMania 2000 DVD, um, has clips of this and the vignette covering the Iron Man match and the music video that they make for it is just fantastic. It's so well done. Um, the WrestleMania 20 DVD has this special that aired on. I forget if it was UPN or USA, but going into WrestleMania 20, they aired the top 10 matches in WrestleMania history, which Ric Flair hosted. It was voted on by the WWE wrestlers, and the Iron Man match won. It was number one on the list. Um, in the Bret Hart Bester, as well as ever will be, he talks about you know some of the animosity coming out of the match and afterwards, but that... This is one of the matches he's most proud of because of how hard he worked and how hard Sean worked. Sean Michaels says that this story is maybe on his DVD, Heartbreaking Triumph, says like the story, the boyhood dream was maybe the most true to life story he's ever been a part of because that was all true. In the true story of WrestleMania DVD, Pat Patterson and on the WrestleMania 2001, Pat Patterson talks about how he cried um after the match because yeah. he had fought so hard to talk vince into doing an hour-long match and vince thought people would be bored 
And he said, like, not only were they not blurred, but they were standing on their feet for the last 20 minutes, screaming their lungs out. And um, in the Brett vs. Sean DVD, there, there is the funny story in hindsight where, like, you know, they're running short on time. And uh, Earl's waiting to hold Sean, the hands Sean the belt, Brett's in the ring, and Sean yells get the f out of the ring this is my moment <laughs> uh bruce pritchard on his podcast said like in sean's defense like sometimes there's not a lot of time and everyone can be gruff it's just sort of understood sometimes and we all forgive each other for that but yeah, yeah it could have been handled better <laughs> but and he's, but again like his take was like but in the moment you know like you just you get it out what needs to be done and and just the legacy of this match is that it's a legendary match. Like there are a lot of people. It's pol- it is polarizing in some online circles. Whether it's like one of the best ever or whether it's just good uh, opinions kind of vary on it. But I think I would argue. Tell me if you agree. Watching it with the build and how much the build makes everything in the match make sense and watching it from a perspective of studying it and how well the story connects in ways that I never realized watching it just casually, but like watching it as closely as I did, it's like, this is art. This went from like, maybe like my 50th uh, favorite match of all. I just recently made a list of my 100 favorite matches ever, which has been really fun. And so after watching this, like I haven't put it in order yet. I'd probably have this match somewhere in the middle before it. Now I'm thinking like, it's going to be near the top. Like, there's nothing I didn't love about this match. I thought it was all great. Um, yeah. That's my take. Josh, let's hear your take. Yeah, I I was, a, I don't know. I, I watch it every year, but I also, like, for sure some years watch it just in the background. You know, like, hey, it's what I do on this day. Like, it's fun. And I don't, like you said, watch it with the build and everything else. So I was a little bit. Anxious to be honest, I was like, "What if this is like not as good?" Like, there's been whatever twenty five years of matches since then. Like, how how could it possibly hold up? Essentially, like that that to that level. And like I said, I mean, when I when I watched it tonight, I was like, I don't know. Outside of any any Kenny and Okada, like, I don't know what's better for me. Like, (laughs) um. Like, I love Brett, a few other Brett, like Brett Austin and Brett Owen. But I don't know, I guess just, like, something about the time also, like, there's just so much in there. And all the stuff you mentioned, um, all the little, like, nuances and stuff like that, like, it's it's really hard to beat. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely say top five, top ten of all time, so... Now I want to ask one more question. We you had texted me about this, but we didn't get to talk about it when we were doing that own heart stuff. We forgot to. You said watching the whole boyhood dream build made me reminded me of something I thought during the whole Brett versus Owen feud, which is that Owen is better than Brett. Yeah, I don't know. I I think it might just be that I like Owen more, <laughs> but. I don't know that that one match is that in I your house like, match is great. I feel like it's it's really hard to um, uh, 
really hard to tell because they didn't, you know, they never let him go like full. Um, obviously never let him have the title. They never, I don't know. Like, I feel like, like, for example, if like Owen was in Brett's spot, like obviously the story would be different. Um, but as far as like 60 minutes, um, go, going all out, doing all of these awesome spots and everything, like, I feel like Owen could do it. <laughs> and I just, yeah. um, I don't know. Like, he's just so good. And, you know, a, a, a lot of the stuff that Brett has, like, Owen has that. And I don't know, I, I don't know if I'd say and more, but um, there's just, you know, he's got the whole, like fun funny like um heel stuff that Brett doesn't have i mean owen doesn't have the like like legit heel like like angry like grumpy brett stuff so it's just different but um i don't know yeah i i just really love owen and it's i don't know it's all hard because it's all like it's hard to get a, a true sense of what people think about him because of his of the tragedy you know it's like people you know of course sometimes like over blow like some stuff when it happens that way um like if if somebody you know like an artist or a poet or something like that dies and it's like oh they're amazing it's like well were they so it's it's all like kind of hard to tell with owen but um, he, I think he was amazing. I will say that, like, hearing people talk about it, there is sort of a split of opinions, right? Like, um, I think Vince thought Brett was better than Owen, but apparently Bruce Pritchard said, like, I think it was accepted. Maybe it's just me, but that Owen's better than Brett. Um, Shawn Michaels said that Owen was better than Brett. Davy Boy Smith said that Brett was better than owen um kevin owens obviously owen hart's his favorite wrestler cm punk brett hart's his favorite wrestler um so even among like you know the most knowledgeable people in wrestling there's a split of opinion there did did you did you just look that up today (laughs) did you know that no no this is i'm embarrassed to say that i to have some some part of my brain said like hold on to this information (laughs) oh no you're fine i just didn't know like um i never heard that about um about sean um that's, that's I forget cool where yeah mm-hmm. but i mean like it, i don't know it's also to like not to take anything i mean brett is like freaking ridiculous like he's just a, a genius he's so good but um I, I wonder like like i said with brett uh or with vince you know calling all the shots and obviously having an opinion here, or else he would have done it differently. Like, it's interesting to think like what he would have done, say like if his hand was forced um, to to put Owen over, you know, because um, this story wouldn't make sense with with Owen. So um, I don't know. But, yeah. But yeah. This this match was amazing and this feud is amazing and honestly like it's only getting started you know what I mean the, the feud like itself really there wasn't a ton in the in this first part like they're, the match obviously is amazing but um, they're kind of just like doing the whole respectful thing for a while so 
Um, we'll definitely get into <laughs> the the feud stuff more as we go along. What's uh, funny? Because, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Well, they, I think they hinted it. Like, what, what did you say that um, a week later or whatever it was going to be? Like, they they wouldn't be friends anymore. Like, was it Piper that said that? Piper said a month from now you're going to be hating each other. Yeah, which you know that's definitely true. <laughs> like, <laughs> of all the like, you know, Mr. McMahon and Austin and all the different like, I've never believed people hated each other more than Brett and Sean. Um, which is crazy coming out of this first week um, where they're they're kind of buddies so well they just get so petty later on with stuff you know yeah like uh, into 97 where you know we'll get there but man like there's some real life stuff where you're like who even cares about this you're just trying to one up each other right now <laughs> um yeah but I, the funny thing I was going to mention, like me and Josh, before we started recording, mentioned like, okay, if we could keep this like an hour 15, hour and a half max, that would be perfect. And I should have known that like, it's your favorite, it's my favorite. This is like our favorite part of this feud, right? That we did yeah. three hours about it. This, and this is like your Sorry. favorite story of all time, right? The Boyhood Dream arc? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. This is Brett's biggest wrestlemania match you know the main event of 12 so it's one of my favorite things of all time too probably my favorite mania build so um sorry everybody we thought it would be shorter <laughs> sorry to ourselves in the future for having to edit <laughs> yes all right everybody thanks for listening hope yeah. you have a great time and enjoy wrestlemania this weekend yeah. thanks everybody Ever since you've defeated Bret Hart at WrestleMania, 
Uh, many of your critics have claimed that the victory over Bret Hart, while an impressive one, was maybe a little tainted, the overtime in the Iron Man matchup. Bret Hart has spoken on several occasions about possibly coming back in the near future. Do you have any words for Bret Hart? Well, for Bret Hart, I hope that he does return to the World Wrestling Federation. Uh, the World Wrestling Federation without Bret Hart is like uh, peanut butter without jelly. So I am uh, as much awaiting the return of Bret Hart as the fans of the World Wrestling Federation. And as far as the critics and the way I won the World Wrestling Federation title, well, they're critics. That's what critics do. They criticize you. So I'm, uh, I'm certainly used to that, and it's something that you're going to get no matter how well or how badly you do this job. As the World Wrestling Federation champion, everybody's going to take their shots at you. Now, Sean, later on tonight at Raw is the Raw Invitational Battle Royal. The winner of the Battle Royal gets a shot at the WWF champion the day after SummerSlam.